to slip into Magic's DMs. I don't even see him on Twitter. He's got to be on Twitter. This is the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. I am Josh Volan. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We have a mag episode spike in our game room this time, and we're reading through Nintendo Power issue 8. You can find that issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link in the show notes, as I always do. Please rate and review this fucker on whatever platform you might be listening to it on. And we'll start with what we're jamming on now. Jay, what are you jamming on now? Oh, man. So many things I'm jamming on right now. <laughs> this is probably going to be a long episode. Just saying ahead of time. All right. It's holiday. <laughs> I ain't got shit to do. <laughs> so, first of all, Middle yeah, Earth we're recording Shadow for the July. Happy fucking Independence Yeah. Day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's holiday time. Get, you, get your, your game on. Yeah, I'm sure someone in your neighborhood has been blowing shit up constantly for the past two weeks, but go join in today. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is the time you should be kicking it and having a good time. Um, yeah, man, I'm playing Middle Earth Shadow of War again. So this is a game. What do you mean again? That, That's not... Dude, so first of all, it's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always want to get the, the exact name out there because every time I mention it, I kind of call it nicknames. And my daughter's always like, "Why do you call it this? Why do you call it that?" So I want to get the I full name to, out there. I would want to abridge that as well. That's a long. <laughs> so this is a game, and I say again because this is a game that I played and beat. Uh, I probably beat it like a year ago. I haven't played it in a while. It's been out for a couple years now. So. It's basically the Lord of the Rings universe. You're you're fighting in Mordor, and that's why it's Middle Earth. And so the setup, like it's unique though, because you know the Lord Sauron, he's still in charge of everything. But across the land, there's these different regions, and in each region, there's like a castle ruled by these orcs, right? If you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, you know the orcs are kind of like the grunts, the bad guys. But in this game, every orc is unique and different. And they're basically rule these castles and rule these lands. And so you, as the supposed bright lord, this character, basically, it's an open world. You're going in. You have to defeat these orcs and basically recruit them to your to your side and eventually take, o- take over the war chief of that region and then defend that region against oncoming orcs. Now, the trick, it's, though, is first. It's not first person, right? No. Uh, yeah, it's third person. You can you watch yourself play. I mean, it's it's kind of like your Witcher, only much better battle system, much less story. But like these orcs talk so much shit, man. Like <laughs> like every time you run into them, there's like a a twenty second interlude where they start talking shit to you, and it's all unique. It's like this part, like you run into this guy, and he's like, oh. The, the bright lord thinks he's gonna come and defeat me huh well let me tell you what i'm gonna do to you and like they just talk shit for a while and it's awesome but like the thing i didn't know about this nemesis system at first is that if you defeat them you level up the, the orcs that are that you've recruited to like follow you level up like it's great but if you lose the orc that defeated you levels up and it's harder to beat him next time so like the very first time i played this game i didn't know i didn't know that and I just went running in and got killed a bunch. And I, I was basically unplayable. 
because like the, the I was too low level because I didn't actually do all the things the right way and the orcs are too high level. So I started over, did it the right way, beat the game. Long story short, um, because of the sale that Xbox had going on, I basically got all the DLCs and the season passes for like 15 bucks. So I was like, let me get back into this. And it's just a blast, man. Like just so much fun. So clearly you've never heard of this game. Then. No, it's, it's a, so it's, I, well, for that, like I do that. I, 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 I love medieval fantasy stuff, but fucking something about the Lord of the Rings. Like I walked out of the first movie two hours into it, dude. Like really, I watched that movie for two hours. And when Gandalf fell down the, the pit yeah and the movie didn't end i was like this fucking movie's never gonna end and just got up. <laughs> it was like two hours and 40 minutes into the thing and it didn't and that happened it didn't end i was like fuck this and just left uh, <laughs> the second third ones were a little were pretty you know they were so epically like the especially the second one was like this huge battle deal where they're storming the fight you know like that was a beautiful mm-hmm. so i was i was able to stick it with those but generally i'm not into that story world for one re- whatever reason uh but this, so it's like a, it, it, it's third, per, it's a third person over the shoulder, basically first person kind of thing. But there's a, like, is, do you like manage them once you've recruited? Is there like, a, yeah. I guess it's like, is there so, a strategy element to it is what I'm asking? Oh, yeah. So it like, and, and I'm not even big into the lore. Like, my wife is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like, she likes to watch the entire series every year. Like, but for me, there's a much more story aspect in these artifacts you can get, but I don't, I don't really get into those. Um, it's similar to like the Lord of the Tomb Raider game, Rise of the Tomb Raider games, if you played any of those recently, but like when you recruit them, you can send them on missions. So like if they're, cause just because you defeat an orc and he's on your side, there's still other orcs you have to fight within that region. So like, if you recruit somebody, you can then command them to either like be your bodyguard so that they can show up and fight with you, or you can send them on missions to defeat other orcs and an ambush. So it's like a lot more strategic and it's, and it's it's a lot more like those later Lord of the Rings movies because it's all about the battle, right? You're like storming castles, you're sieging, like you're de- you're de- you're deciding which upgrades to use against the oncoming armies, and it's just a lot of fun, man. It's but it's a lot of like fighting, intense hack and slash. It's it's a blast. Is so so you do have to do the physical like button oh yeah jam, button oh jam, yeah you know? man you're you got it's, all kind of combinations. You use Witcher, use Witcher. Like that's my biggest. I hate the Witcher as well, Uh, and it's because the fighting is just—it's fucking, it's. There's no skill to it. You're just hitting that button over and over again. (laughs) This this one, there's definitely skill because they they adapt. Like if you keep like doing the same move, basically hitting like your attack over and over, they'll just dodge. Like you can't do like the bigger ones. You can't just jump over them. They just throw you down. You definitely have to be strategic. And like you, and even coming back to it, like I played it for like the first day and was like, man, I forgot how fun this was. I'm glad I bought the DLCs. And then I realized, wait a minute. I forgot there's a whole host of other moves I got to employ to like be successful right now, but it's, it's fun. That's cool. Um, Yeah, man. But I'm playing that. And then, but you guys like talking to you and Jesse, um, you guys always play these big open world, like more fun games, and I'm usually into these deep, intense games. So I started playing Moving Out on Xbox, and it's it, it's like it's kind of like your Burger Time meets your Animal Crossing, like a fun little game where you're basically Burger these. Time? I thought, you yeah, man, hate Burger Time. <laughs> yeah, I did, but I, I'm, it's it's kind of like that. Like if you were to cross that with Animal Crossing, and you're basically like these terrible, this terrible moving company, and you have to like move like a certain number of items out of these people's house and put them in the moving truck. But oh, you're breaking not... windows, and it's like it's really fun. 
is it is it multiplayer oriented? Oh yeah. yeah. I played it with both of my kids and like I, I like I played it like one level by myself. And so Zeke was sitting there and I was trying to you know play some more games with the kids. I'm like, all right, Zeke, these are the buttons. And we basically got like the highest level you could the first time you played. Like it's that fun. But like when you bring uh, two sounds, people sounds in, it gets harder. Oh, yeah. It is. It is yeah. very much overcooked. Uh, not burger time. Overcooked. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, super fun, man. Yeah. You haven't played that either, I assume. Then no, overcooked. I played is it's a fucking blast. Uh, have you? Yeah. Have you? You have played overcooked? I tried it once. Oh, I just tried it. But, it's so yeah. much fun. You probably got it. We should play. We should play fucking. You can play up to four players with it, dude. It's a fucking blast. It's so hard with four people uh, <laughs> because, you know, it's just like that's it's all about human error, you know, uh, and yeah. you obviously add four humans and you multiply the error possibility by four. <laughs> so like, it's Enter the fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a blast. The last level is so fucking hard. It's like a 20 minute like you play, you know, you played one level, but like they're all the whole game is like the kind of the same thing. And they just yeah. add environmental challenges into it. The the final level, though, is like this 20 minute epic multi screen. Fuck it. I'll never beat it. Like I just fucking <laughs> we, Amy and I were playing it. We tried it like, I don't know, a handful of times. I was like, I like I love this game. I was like, but I fucking hate this level. Like, I don't I don't even want <laughs> to beat this like it literally it, i'm so upset at the fact that this even exists that i don't even want to engage it anymore <laughs> like, <laughs> i played the shit out of that game all the way to the end and then we, we never fucking even tried the, the end of the game really to, to actually beat it but great game though and, and multiplayer yeah we should absolutely fucking jump on them that would be so much fun <laughs> nice yeah i'm down man i'm down uh yeah. we're anything else oh man there there's more so <laughs> terraria have you ever heard of this game it sounds like it might have been you were out. No, okay. So I never heard of it either. And apparently this game came out a few years ago. And because Jesse just beat it on PC. But like for Father's Day, Courtney got it for me and like Tanya got it for him. And so we've been playing it like just through the Switch separately. And it's it's so different because it's it's a game that like is similar to like a 2D Minecraft with much more story much more fighting like i don't even know how to explain it but <laughs> jesse hooked me jesse hooked me by texting me a youtube video of this dude basically saying this is like objective <laughs> objectively the greatest game of all time so i'm like <laughs> first of all what <laughs> and but it, it's pretty fun so like i don't even know how to really explain it other than that it, it's really like a 2d minecraft where you're digging you got to get armor but like the bad guys will really they will put it on you like it's not it, it's hardcore but uh i've been playing that with him i guess terraria similar to terrain because you're doing a lot of digging and coming across all these baddies and you really have to dig underground and mine and a lot of environmental challenges a lot of fun but i i've been playing that with him because you know always looking for something to play cross distances together and then last night i had to buy because it came out iron man vr the full version and you and these fucking super super dude man it's vr come on yeah, like yeah. if you're going to use the vr yeah. like if a game comes out strictly made for a vr experience and it's in my genre yes sign me up 100 so started playing that not much of it so far is different from the demo because i just did like the prologue and the first level which are i'm assuming you're basically inside, inside the helmet this tony stark helmet yeah Oh yeah, of course, man. It's it's like so much more polished than the demo was, and yeah, I can't wait to get back to it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm jamming on now. What about you, Josh? 
I, uh, like a loser, started playing Subnautica again. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's not nearly as good as the second time around, of course, because it is, you know, the, the story is so much of what that game makes that game cool. But it is interesting playing it without, like, a like being totally consumed and paralyzed by fear. It makes it a very good <laughs> experience because you, you know, you just... I don't know. It's just you. You engage it differently, and you try to you, you try things. I guess a little more easily, and you're a little less worried about losing your resources and like the things you built up. Your little fucking uh, the little pod you shoot you, you you buzz around in is like a very valuable thing once you've tricked it out, you know. And mm. uh, for that reason, you aren't necessarily going to take exploration chances that you might take if you don't really give a shit about the consequences. So that's led to me like seeing a lot of things and doing a lot of things that I never even would even have tried the first playthrough you know so so it definitely does yeah. have replay value um uh and i in like that that's a derivative of having tried to like i'm trying i keep trying to find these other games that are good uh i think i, I mentioned narcosis last time which was mm -hmm. like underwater underwater walking simulator i also i down I, I heard of this game called outlast have you ever heard of outlast no what's that yeah it's so it's it's also survival horror and you are a reporter that is going you got wind of something being amiss about this abandoned asylum or something and you are just going there and trying to like you like try to break in and you're trying to like figure out what's going on and break a big story you know so you're 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 not a well-equipped soldier of some kind or anything so you're going into this tepid environment and you are just trying to survive once shit goes awry you know and it's kind of I, I, I don't know if you remember me talking about amnesia being that kind of thing where you oh yeah yeah you have yeah. no you have no ability to actually fight back and you have no home base and you are just in a constant state of like escape and fear and like under duress and like it's just like it's a it's an onslaught of the senses, you know, like, like, <laughs> that is, I can't, that sounds intense. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like the idea of it is appealing to me, but when I sit there and I play and like, I just, I can't fucking do it, man. Like I need, you gotta let me breathe. And this game doesn't let you, yeah. know. Like, I mean, you can, you can like climb up into the ducts and like, you know, you're, you are at least as far as I would know, not having played a ton of it relatively safe, but like, I don't know. There's just no, there's just that one constant onslaught mechanic of like you need to explore, you need to get out of here, but there's everything around you can kill you and you can't do shit about it, you know. And like it's just <laughs> it's just a fucking uh, it's just an exhausting kind of game to play. And like as much as I want, like that's I'm trying to replicate that Subnautica experience with these games, and it's just not happening because they're either clunky, like the forest and Narcosis, or you know it may be like it, Narcosis is beautiful and it's terrifying and like it's absolute it looks fucking great, but the experience is just exhausting, you know. So <laughs> I just can't. I cannot replicate Subnautica, and that's why I keep ending up back playing Subnautica again. Uh, so clearly, you got to be clearly in the mood to play that type of game. And also, if you're listening, Subnautica Two, make it happen. Well, there is, there is there's below zero on last. Oh yeah, on computers now, and uh, you know, I'm like, I'm I. I don't want like I I literally have watched zero video. I don't want to I don't want to know anything. Like I know I want to play it. When it's available to me, I want to just play it with no context whatsoever and just get into it. Uh, but nice. it's only on PC and maybe that's, you know, that's an example. I I'm I'm surprised it has not led to me trying first person PC gaming like that because I literally have never done that. Uh mm. at least not since the early 2000s trying to play first person games like that on my PC, but 
uh yeah it's it's called below zero and it's you know uh i don't even know really the story like that's how little of it i I, i'm letting myself be objected to or subjected to rather but the i I, you know the the name implies that it's on an icy planet now and (laughs) uh i it it, the even like you know i'll watch these youtube videos and shit and shit just flies by on your little screen like you know so i'll get like a four second preview of some video gameplay video of it i'm like oh fuck that looks incredible uh (laughs) keep going i'll get it off my screen so i don't consume too much you know so so yeah, yeah that exists and i look forward to being able to play it but i have not done so yet so i keep trying all these fucking things and failing so Oh, man. That's kind of that's kind of like the big things going on. I have uh, I started playing a little because like Subnautica, you know, it's, there's only so much enjoyment I play the second time. Like I'm like just trying to find other things to do. I start I've been playing a lot of the Warriors of the Eternal Sun D and D RPG on Genesis that I got a while back. Okay. And, yeah, it's fucking just it is one of the best RPGs ever, dude. Like there's this. I probably mentioned it when I first brought it up, but there's a first-person real-time dungeon crawling component to it, paired with the overworld kind of turn-based customary rpg game style you know and it's like a really good mashup of, of play mechanics that, that are really fun and the story is fucking great so i've been playing a lot of that and then we were talking about it on the fucking group chat yesterday the uh the animal crossing swimming update dropped and that's really fucking fun it's have you tried it at all or you just watch courtney play i so i did so <laughs> yes yeah so we're redoing the house like to just with the baby like we just got to reconfigure things and so I moved my switch out of here back into the living room. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try the swimming thing. And it was actually very satisfying. It like, is, the graphics are way better than I expected. Yeah, the fucking Nintendo is, I mean, you know, they do this with all their first-person big titles. They're just so good at just making a fun game. It's fucking incredible how good they are at, like, the core mechanics of gameplay uh they just fucking are so good man yeah so yeah it's like yeah with the you know you can the idea is you can you can now jump in the water and you can scavenge the seabed for critters and the catching mechanic is you know it's just like the bug catching and the the regular fishing it's just it's like this super simple mechanic but there's just enough nuance to it to make it playfully challenging and engaging you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's every bit as much the case with, with this one too you gotta like you, you find the little bubbles and you hit the button to dive and then your character dives to the bottom and you know though as you're diving down occasionally you'll just you'll land right on top but it's you know, the way it's kind of you know the way the cameras and everything you're rarely going to do that so like once you get down there the thing moves and your character you know it doesn't you don't have the best mobility because you're underwater and that's realistic to some degree so you're like you're, you're you know you kind of like scramble and try to catch the thing before it scoots away uh and yeah and it's like it's not hard and you're probably going to get everyone you try for the most part but it is it something about it is fun and then you're you're of course collecting a whole new set of things uh, relative to the fish and the bugs that you were collecting, which is, you know, that's one of the big addictive things of Animal Crossing is just collecting your stupid little things, you know? So, <laughs> yes. yep, it's fucking fun. And they did a good job yet again. It's fucking not like, Give I'm, me those sea urchins. there's enough, like I, I, I've said before, like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm at this kind of just balance and rotate the tires level with the game. Like I turned it on and like, there's not, I've, I've maxed out the house. Now I just recently got the final, I got the basement. So there's, you know, I'm not really even trying to save money. So like, you're just kind of yep. trying to get new things and like find the, uh, the collectibles that you haven't gotten yet, you know? So like, it's kind of, it, it's, before this water thing, I kind of I had gotten it down to like I could probably get my daily chores in there in like 15 minutes, and that's nice. I you know it's nice to not have like to have something that I want to do 
but it's not consuming and it's almost just like a little escape in the middle of the day that I can do. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully before fucking Amy gets in there and buys all the shit in the store. <laughs> you know, like, fucking, Good Amy. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, and that's nice, but like with this water thing, especially cause it is a little slow to move around the Island via water and, mm-hmm. and really try to find enough things. You know, there's that otter out there. So now you're going to, I've only done that one day, but you're going to want to give him the scallops and get whatever he gives you to. And like, uh, I don't know how hard it's going to be to find him. I have no fucking idea. So like, so it <laughs> kind of adds like, it, it like almost, I'm guessing will double my daily time requirement to do what I really want to do now. And like that, that's probably the part of it that upsets me. Uh, at, at all, maybe, but definitely the most. <laughs> you know, like that. Like I doubled my chore level in the game. Uh, as much fun and as cool as it is, you know. So that's funny. That's <laughs> yeah, man, that's really all I'm playing now. I have there's there's one little. I have a Retrohead archival news update that I thought was worth talking about. That's kind of current event things. Ooh. So back in I think it was uh, Take a Same Newsletter issue six, uh, our which was our our last dedicated Sega mag foray. There was an appearance of the second edition of of Sega's crazy ass VHS tape preview thing that they sold for seven bucks a pop. Do you remember that? I think you were on that. Yeah, you were, you were on that. Yeah, so um, it, it doesn't matter. They were they were selling these. They have these preview VHS tapes that are just you know it's it amounts to the shit we watch on YouTube now. They're just like literally a VHS tape that had a little bit of gameplay footage for a bunch oh, of games yeah. that they that, right. yeah that they wanted to sell. You know, so the second edition of those, the first one is on YouTube, like in in three parts. Someone archived it, and it's up. And we talked about that one when uh, when we found that one. But the second one came out, and that one was not on YouTube, and that was a bummer. So the uh, I was poking around on Twitter the other day, a few days ago, and for you know whoever some game person retweeted another person as, as Twitter you know works. We don't have to discuss that mechanic. <laughs> um, so, I, so I basically got wind of a tweet of some dude who real who had the tape and realized it wasn't on fucking YouTube. And there, thereby decided to digitize it so it will now be up. And actually, you know what? Yeah, the person who retweeted it was Blake J. Harris, which is the author of Console Wars. Are you aware of this book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great fucking book. Yeah. Team bit, Sega Nintendo War. He retweeted this, this guy, Tyler Esposito, who runs a YouTube channel called Pixel Game Squad, or is part of, rather, I don't think he runs that exclusively, but he also has a YouTube show that is all his called My Retro Life. It's actually kind of cool, dude. It's, 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 like home fam, like family home video footage from when he was a kid and him and his dad, it's them collecting game. Like his dad was a collector back when he was a kid. So it's him him and his dad in this old home movie footage that he's, you know, editing together in this series of them collecting shit and, 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 and getting games and unboxing things and like, you know, really fucking cool because yes, that shit's everywhere now, but to see it in this old, like mid eighties context is really interesting, you know? So a really cool show. Yeah. Uh, my retro life it's called. Um, so yeah, so he retweeted it and that's how I got wind of it, but yeah, he has the VHS cassette, he's digitizing it and uploading it because you know, it's, 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 it's funny how like little things like I've done that before I, I got, you know, I had a whole box of VHS tapes that do that, like old Bill, Bill's games that I recorded as a kid and like all these fucking, these tapes that my grandma made for me when I was little, they're just like six hours of cartoon specials <laughs> and like holiday you know all this crazy ass shit that my grandma uh, taping taped for me when i was little and like they're on vhs tapes and like especially the nfl games like i over the years dude i've had these i had these tapes for the entire time i was in new york and i i was always on the lookout for someone who would digitize them and like no company would do it because it's all 
it, it, it's all footage that is, you know, the NFL footage or Disney, like, like companies won't dub that shit convert mm. it to okay. DVD for me because of that reason. So, you know, it's, it's not terribly hard if I had to really try a little harder, I guess. It was just a matter of getting a fucking VHS, a VCR, and and getting a little plug to plug in your computer and there's programs to do whatever. So he has all that shit basically because he's, he's doing that show. So because he had all that shit and it was no big deal for him and he realized that he that this VHS cassette didn't exist, he was dubbing it to digital format and uploading it, you know. So unfortunately, it's not up yet, so I couldn't – I can't add the link to the show notes. But if you follow ah. him on my Retro Life show – uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm sure he will blast it out once it's up and available, um, and I'm sure it'll be cool. So I just thought that was worth talking about because we talked at length about those tapes, and they're so fucking weird, you know. <laughs> and like, I, yeah. I, I, for them, because in the first one they had that. Um, I don't know if you're around for that, but the, the the end of it of the of the first tape has this like this fucking little kid with a mullet and like he's like jumps. It's dude, it's so bad green screen. This little kid. So I'm like, I'm talking to him on Twitter. I'm like. Please tell me that little kid, Michael Mullen, with some I can't remember what his name was now offhand. But I'm like, please tell me that little kid returns in the second <laughs> video. And the 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 it's the the few clips because he was like, not they're not even clips. He was like literally taking phone footage of the video as it was processing, you know. And like because when you do these things, uh, these these fucking digitizing programs, you're usually watching the screen as it digitizes it and plays the right. video. You know, so he's like just taking little snaps, uh, short little videos on his phone as that was happening. And like I was actually watch, watching a couple of those and I, it doesn't look like it's like way more polished, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at, which was kind of oh, disappointing. Wow. The first one was so it looked like someone put it together in their garage or something, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of bumped me out that like it was of professional quality this time. <laughs> uh, Anyhow, that is a long opening. You were right, Jay. But on to Nintendo Power issue eight. was the DuckTales NES Moon Stage. Man, that that song was a good song, man. I remember that from the game. Yeah, for sure. Every every track in that game is fucking lit. And that, of course, is applicable because we have DuckTales here on the cover. It's, it's, it's the best Nintendo Power cover by a mile so far, in, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Dude, it really is. I was sitting there thinking the same thing. I, this cover takes me back, like, yeah. immediately. So good. And, and it's yeah, a big part of it is because it is like, you know, every one of these covers has, you know, there's like uh, we, we've talked about how there's like kind of just a weird it's not quite the exact source material artist or something. You know, there's, always, there's been just something slightly wonky about everything on a cover that's been a licensed property or like a well-known character to date. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the even the, the first cover with Mario, like they're all just a little weird, you know, and this one mm-hmm. is perfect it's it that is exactly the scrooge mcduck in the cartoons and you know it strikes our little nostalgia chord for sure you know with the real life gold stack behind him i mean it's perfect yeah the money pit for sure (laughs) yeah the the early money yeah uh so yeah so it's september october 89 still 350 american dollars on the cover price or 450 if you want to get diddled by buying it in canada of course and (laughs) that uh, dude that got me i I don't know what it was that led me to it but I, i found out that canada had their own version of the Nintendo Fun Club news called Nintendo Power Flash, like its own. What? Yeah, like uh, 
I don't know what I was Googling that led to this. I think it might have just been poking around to get the issue link on archive.org might have been it. But yeah, so the, so all they're all all those are on archive.org. And it's they continued after Nintendo Power started being printed. So like whereas in the US, Nintendo Fun Club News was, you know, this direct predecessor to Nintendo Power and those stopped, Nintendo Power started. They kept making one for the Canadian market and it went on up through fall of nineteen ninety. Uh, they were making really? newsletters. Yeah, Interesting. It, yeah, they started on like they were uh, the 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 early ones were like full on repros of the Nintendo Fun Club news that was released in the states. And once Nintendo Power started, they were shortened to these maybe like four page deals, you know. So I, I just thought that was very interesting that they they were selling this magazine up there. Like, what's the difference? Why do they keep making it? You know, I don't know. It was just, it was very weird to me that that those maintained um, after after the Nintendo Power was being sold there. But I don't know. Maybe it was some. I don't know. Like. There's, there's got to be a reason for it. Like maybe like the whole thing we talked about of how just like distribution was harder and like maybe they did not feel that it was getting the reach there for those same reasons. You know, it was just not have the saturation, the readership that they thought they needed to have to keep people abreast of their product. You know what I mean? So they kept this, so they allowed these things to keep going out and kept making them. Yeah, um, maybe so. Or maybe there was some kind of deal in place with like distri- distributors within Canada that had to be honored for a certain sure. amount of time. Yeah, Who knows? That's, that's, Could a be very, that's a very good guess. <laughs> sure. So anyhow, yeah, Scrooge McDuck, a perfectly pictured in Disney spec quality here is on the cover. He's standing on this stool and then they, they do maintain their odd practice of a live action component to the cover design though. Like, you know, whereas he's illustrated the backdrop and all the, the setting is a live action photograph. And that is again, still just weird that they, I don't know, like why, why bother? Like you have him illustrated. Why not just make the whole thing illustrated? And you'd think that would be, I don't know. I just, I, I it seems like a lot of work to me <laughs> to, to do whatever <laughs> but they it did. works. It works yeah. so well though. It's a, yeah, sure. It's, yeah. It, it, it's their motif and like, whatever. It's just, it's just interesting, interesting to me that they clearly licensed that illustration. I don't know. Maybe that was it. Maybe like, maybe that's just literally a cutout from some sort of fucking, thing that already existed and disney wasn't willing to do any extra work who know i don't know but yes <laughs> he is positioned in front of a mainframe computer <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be the main yeah that i guess is supposed to represent the one that you use for the stage select screen in the game you know and there are a number of the game's enemies on and in the computer a gorilla a bumblebee a venus flytrap etc and then also yes as you mentioned a big pile of scrooge's money bin contents in the background and uh fucking it's very cool and very well i think portrays the game you know what i mean uh gives gives you the feel of what the actual game was and that's cool that's what it's supposed to do agreed so the headlines that overlay on top of that are ducktales 12 pages of treasure hunting strategy plus game boy hits to go batman preview plus poster and that's two cumulative pluses for the poster <laughs> so, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of fucking pluses and then bonus super mario 2 tip book part two so moving on into the magazine inside the covers their phone line nonsense particularly the captain nintendo 1900 number and immediately yeah yep, first up so give us some money on your phone line fuck piss your parents off and then <laughs> uh table of contents before we get into the player's pulse mailbox and in the mailbox, the first letter is from Carolee. Couldn't I'm hoping Tvedtin Tvedtin in yeah in Fargo, North Dakota. And Carolee is thanking them for making one of the most durable products being made today 
in quotation marks. And she has this belief <laughs> because she has recently ran her children's NES over the fucking control deck. She has ran the <laughs> NES over with her 1984 Cadillac. And after, <laughs> after the most marginal amount of little DIY repair, she has been able to make it work again. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know how, like, there's so many questions. How does, you know, what's it doing out of the house? What's it doing in the path of the fucking Cadillac? How? Why did you not know there? Yeah, yeah, how did you not notice a Nintendo lane? I don't know. Like, there's a million things that I could ask. We're, ne- we're just never going to be able to find out. And that's unfortunate. Although, they just, I just started, this is this, uh, they just, I just started watching last night, uh, the Netflix's new rendition of Unsolved Mysteries, and <laughs> maybe that will be one of them here in the last you know, one of one of the episodes, and that would be great. Maybe we will find out and get to the oh, bottom man. of this. But assuming that's not the case, the Nintendo Power staff's response is, <laughs> like, I love uh, corporate shit. Is just I, it's fascinating to me. Uh, corporate mentality is fascinating. Their, their their response is trying to mitigate lawsuit potential. <laughs> And drive, <laughs> and drive servicing profits by advising her not to take the unit apart herself because that's what she said. She, you know, she does the DIY repair. So they, 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 they recommend her next time <laughs> that this happens, <laughs> which is asinine, of course, uh, advising her to not take the unit apart herself, but rather to call the Nintendo customer service line and find a licensed repair uh, facility to handle this for her. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Man. Great opening on the letters out of Nintendo Power this time. <laughs> Gotta love it. I mean, just the variety of letters that comes in. I mean, you start with that. Other people are talking about like pictures of Mario cakes. Like, I love it. Yeah, like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So yeah, the the Carrie Bachman in Golden Dale, Washington. Uh, Jay, where's Gold, Golden Dale, Washington? Is that couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell. You. Uh, out in the boonies somewhere. I'm assuming. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. So uh, he. I think he is bitching about the counselor line not giving uh oh no her sorry giving her enough info to beat level nine in Legend of Zelda. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I love it. So she's complaining about that first of all, uh, and that's hilarious. That and it's, I don't just the the, the you know <laughs> writing angry letters is uh, it's the I don't know that's a great response to anything. But <laughs> they're they're so they're saying they don't give that out. And that you'll be more, and the reason they do that is because you'll be more proud of your achievement if you do it on your own. And I I love that. Yeah, it's just exactly. Yeah, what a different time the years before participation trophies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's exactly what it is. That that is the 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 difference between two societal mentalities. You know, Uh, give it to me now. I want it now. Fuck you. Give it to me now. And thank me for for having not done that work <laughs> and you know telling you fuck off figure it out yourself <laughs> hashtag get good yeah, Come on. right uh yeah any of these so yeah the mario cake any of this other shit pop out to you mailbag wise video spotlight come on the mario guy yeah the mario guy no, well, like everyone the- like anybody who's listening to this like you have to look at this mario guy like this guy he's excited because he's a plumber he's italian his friends call him Mar- like it's just the- yes it's gold like yes. i can't he, spoil it for you yeah it's it, i think it's important to specify he he is a first of all he's an adult <laughs> yes <laughs> a full on that, that so he is a real life plumber that's his job and uh named mark who goes he goes by mario yes like his friends refer to him as mario that's like his fucking he's he's assumed the caricature of <laughs> of, of this fictitious fictitious plumber uh and 
like I I I don't know I, I actually I don't even want to get really further into it because I don't think I can do so without being mean. But <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a fucking it's sad. Like I've already said that like the whole adult writing in to flex about things Nintendo Power is just not the right medium for it in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and Mark's definitely doing that here in, in kind of a sad way. If you were I, the you gotta I I'm fucking forgetting the name of it now. Uh, there's a documentary about I probably already t- I talk about here whenever anything like this comes up. So I probably talked to you about it before. But there's a documentary about the dudes on Hollywood Boulevard who dress up as superheroes. And they're th- the main one is the Superman guy. And, um, oh, man, it's just it's You're saying he would have been a candidate. Well, <laughs> Basically, saying it's just like when when. You know, I'm not saying Mark here is this far along, but this dude, he like he thinks the dude on Hollywood Boulevard. And I think he actually passed recently. I saw that's I was just lo- reading an article not too long ago that he he, he passed away. But you know, he, he had drug problems, of course. And, but this guy lived in this little hovel of an apartment, and it's like fucking filled to the brim with Superman paraphernalia. And like he, you know, his whole life is going out there and pretending to be Superman. And like he has like this just distant, vague resemblance maybe to what's the guy's name that fucking paralyzed uh, the uh, Christopher Reeve. Yes, yeah, he has this vague resemblance to the Christopher Reeves Superman era look, you know, and like it just wow. it, he like is of the belief that his mom had some sort of linked I just oh it's just so fucking you know when you watch something like these really good documentaries that dig into someone that is just not self aware a real life person yeah oh man that that fucking digs in and like you know this person who's not self aware enough to know how sad their situation is and yeah I don't know maybe this maybe that's a, a class half empty look at it from my perspective which is not unlikely at all <laughs> but like <laughs> people that just have no awareness of how fucked up they are and how fucked up their situation is and you you know just to, to see it viscerally portrayed on screen is just a brutal fucking watch it's a really good documentary there's him there's a guy that uh is out there as batman there was like a younger guy who was not totally of the belief level that these other two guys were um that was dressing up as hulk hogan or not hulk hogan but uh, the incredible hulk uh and yeah it's just a you know a brutal it's a brutal survival job of course to be out there you know Hustling Man. for tips on Hollywood Boulevard. It's a really good documentary, dude. Uh, it's from it's over a decade old now, so it's probably not the easiest thing to find. But if you can track it down, I recommend it. Whatever the hell it's called. Anyways, oh. uh, so that's the first thing going on. <laughs> and then the next thing is Clint Woodall in Texarkana, Texas. Uh, he wraps up his letter by saying, "I don't save scores because my goal is to beat the games, not brag." And this is a closing on a letter that starts with, "Why I am a good player." all right clint all right all right with your flex letter yeah so (laughs) the actual content of the magazine we start right off with our 12 banger on ducktales and (laughs) they they kick it off with a breakdown of some of the characters and i forgot all about bubba duck dude yeah how could come on man bubba duck was the greatest oh yeah he was fucking so good yes and 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 i think it being reminded of him here, I think I might have to rescind my favorite character declaration from a few episodes back when I said it was Gizmo Duck, because Bubba Duck is, yes, fucking fantastic. Here come Bubba! Dribble down the middle! Bubba fake! Bubba pass! Bubba dunk! Bubba flubba! 
Uh-oh, time out. Papa! No boulders in the mansion! <laughs> <laughs> so, that clip will be in the show notes if you want to revisit some Bubba magic. But Bubba the Cave Duck is actually what he's called. And his voice is, yes, super fucking fun. It's like this kind of raspy thing going on. Uh, but it's voiced by Frank Welker, who is an 80s and 90s cartoon voice, like actor royalty dude. He would he 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 would do like a half dozen, often more characters on basically every cartoon we watched as kids, dude. Like Transformers, really? yes, Megatron specifically, GI Joe, literally hundreds and hundreds of shows over a forty year career. That's still rock and roll, dude. Like that's Frank oh Welker. He is a he's a fucking his resume is absolutely insane. He also did a bunch of the Beagle Boys on here, uh, among you know countless like little smaller parts. So. Yes, that's got to yeah. be like the greatest career in the world. Then, <laughs> uh, dude, the, the the guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of them that are because you know, just, dude, a, a lot of those '80s cartoons were from the, this one company that, that produced them, and they, you know, voice actors, dude. If you can do it, if you're good at it, there's no reason to dick around with casting. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> a company is just gonna give you a call if you're good at it, and uh, these fucking some of these guys that got in good with whatever whatever that i can't think of the name of the company offhand but yeah a few of these guys and, and women that, that got in good with them were fucking just go-tos and they did every fucking cartoon that we watched as a kid it's insane uh that's oh, the, the guy who did uh, i think he actually he did scooby-doo as well uh but there yeah there's a actually yes i think he actually is scooby-doo uh which makes sense if you think about bubba duck's kind of raspy goofy you know what i mean like he, he has a oh, lot of those yeah. like kind of Really, kind of like a, a raspy, weird thing going on to him. Scooby Doo's that has that as well. Um, yeah, just uh, there's a bunch of guys, a bunch of them that are just fucking the resume is insane. So, anyways, uh, googling that, I learned there is a 2017 iteration of of the Ducktales cartoon. Did you know that? Yeah, my so <laughs> Zion and Zeke watch the entire first episode, like season of it. They love it. Do that. I, I, I walked in on them watching it. And I was like, whoa, this is DuckTales, but wait, this is different. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a new one. And so, like, they're watching this complete thing that I loved as a kid without me. And I was completely shocked. Like, there's like <laughs> a new, like, their mom shows up and, like, she was on the moon. Like, but it's actually really good. Like, That's, did you check it out? Uh, no, I did not, not really. Uh, and it's actually really great to hear because my assumption was, like, every other re reboot, that it probably sucked. Uh, and that's why I didn't. No. But really uh, good. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like the fact like there's no better certification for its quality than like with no parental guidance, your kids watching it. <laughs> you know right? I mean? <laughs> yeah. just, you cannot get a better sign off on the quality. Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. For sure. now, yeah, I, I didn't really check much of it out, uh, but maybe I will now that I've heard that. Anyways, back to the max spread. They give us a, a page of general tips next and then. Uh, at the bottom, there's a mention that there are like three different endings, which I never knew. Did you know that? I did not. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Apparently, the size of the money piles in the ending win state scene, like the, the, the win state screen, changes depending on how much treasure Scrooge gathers. And that's really fucking cool. <laughs> See, now I'm kind of more interested in taking a second look. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 man. It's fucking. Uh, that was that was very surprising to me to hear because it's yeah. This, that's not. I don't know. It never like I ne I never played this game with an intent to a max like that like that. Just googling around shit about this game, you know that changes the way you want to play it. Like if because you can you can go into these stages and come back out. You don't have to beat them your first time in. 
if you find Launchpad or whatever, you can leave and come back. And that is a way to kind of amass additional treasure, you know what I mean? And higher scores mm. and shit. So, like, if that's your goal, it completely changes the way you're playing, you're playing the game. Instead of just trying to get to the end, beat the boss, get the treasure, and move on. Like, you're trying to get every, you know, it just changes the way you play it. So, that's very cool. Mm. And added replay value that not every NES game bothered with. <laughs> man, yeah. hats off to Disney's DuckTales. Yeah, man. So yeah, there's two pagers on three levels that come next, and yes, they are like you know detailed ass maps that yeah would have been fucking incredible to have as children. <laughs> uh, the Amazon, Transylvania, and the African mines. And uh, the Amazon is a jungle stage logically, and you're you're after a scepter of the Incan king as your big treasure. Transylvania is an old mansion, and you're after the coin of the lost realm in here. And then the African mines where you're after the giant diamond of the inner earth. So Scrooge is in the fucking Blood Diamonds game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, we need to... It ain't to, so. Yeah, he needs to talk to his, to, to his ethics advisor uh, at, at his, whatever, his, whatever his company is, Scrooge McDuck, Inc., or whatever. <laughs> Man, Scrooge. Yeah, there's, there, you know, they, they, do a, they do a great job, and this is, one of, this is one of the really cool, because so many of these licensed games just, you know, they don't, we talked about it when we were talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you got shit in there that doesn't necessarily, isn't applicable to, and I, and I guess every enemy in this isn't either, but like, it, it does a really good job of capturing the entire story universe. Like, Miss Beakley and Webby are, appear here in the mag, and it, it, it's just, you know, they do a good job of working in all those ancillary characters that make this property what it is no that's oh yeah it's i mean it's legit i mean capcom i mean it's capcom again like yeah you don't you don't you don't expect less out of capcom particularly a disney (laughs) Capcom collaboration but still it's still not uh uh, i wouldn't call it a commonality in the nes game you know yeah Um, very impressive Yep. They also mentioned the skeleton key you have to score from transylvania we talked about that where you like you got to go into Transyl like to, to get I think it's for is it for the moon yeah you you got to go into Transylvania get the skeleton key actually no check that it's for the African mines you you get you go into the level you get the skeleton key you got to go like they have those mirrors that you warp through to get around in that level mm-hmm. you have to you have to go in and it's pretty close to the beginning if you just go to that first mirror and it, it takes you back I think you get the you get the key and then you come back out it, it automatically takes you back out and you can go to the African mines and get through that very beginning locked door thing but it's just cool that we like we said it's there there's this non-linear aspects to the game that uh give it just more you know i don't know it's not just a fucking platformer you're just going left to right you know there's there's a lot more to it and that's cool oh yeah i think i wonder what it would be like i'm thinking about if we were to play this again like as a kid it kind of just sucked you in because you were watching the show you love the show and then this game came out and it was very fun and it was kind of like the show so you kind of feel like you were immersed sure. like i wonder i wonder if the experience would be the same <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking about magic of the spell you know in transylvania like she was like somebody i hated from the show but like she was a bitch man there ain't no way to say it you know what to say it. <laughs> uh yeah all i did look at it you know, so, yeah they have you know these full screenshot maps for each of the levels like top, you know and, and these are these levels again are you know there's there's verticality to them there's the they're sprawling levels which is cool so the full maps in here and all i can think about when i look at at these is how exhausting it must have been to do to photograph and do 
create these layouts back in the right. <laughs> it must have just been so fucking much work to inch you know because like you got to inch the fucking you know they're like they're little they're playing the game dude like they don't have any like a dev kit or anything like that they're just playing the game and taking pictures and you know, they like inch the fucking the, the your sprite forward and like kill all the enemies but not go too far forward and like this game you can go back and forth so that's cool but there's games where they did this where you know like mario brothers one where once you once you clip the behind you off the screen it's gone so like if you go too far it don't get an, don't get the right snapshot you're fucked you got to like start yeah. the level over, start over. <laughs> yeah. so like you just oh god must have absolutely sucked I, i'm sure they devised systems some way of properly measuring screen length you know i'm sure they devised some sort of system to make it not as impossible as we're thinking but still it, it just could not have been easy you know so yeah, I'm sure it had to be the character has to be within these pixels for the the picture to come out right. You know, sure, sure, yeah. But I mean, they, like the thing is, how you know they're just on these shitty ass CRT tel- like how you know how the fuck? <laughs> like I just don't know. It's not <laughs> awful. Uh, hats off to the game mag clan uh, of the late '80s, early '90s because it must have not been fun. Ugh. So the next is a couple of pages dealing with uh, are dealing in rather the boss battles for these three levels. There, uh, there's a typo mislabeling the African mines boss in Himalayas, uh, but other than that, uh, yes, they're just fucking. Um, I don't know. Nintendo makes mistakes too. <laughs> as great as we said they were, they make mistakes too. But the the Incan king for, uh, is is for the Amazon, king of the terra firmies for the mines, and then the yes evil evil magicka dispel is in Transylvania. So. Uh, they, they, they have cool ass bosses. That's another guy. Like there's literally just no, every aspect of this game is well done and unique and, 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 and looks beautiful, you know? So they, yes, wind, yeah, they wind this puppy down with a, with a, uh, briefer, with a, with briefer overviews of the Himalayas and moon stages and giving them just one page each. And yeah, man, we already geeked out about this game when it was teased in issue seven. So we, we know we love this shit, but I fired it. I did fire it. You said you did actually play it or no? I did not. I did not. You did? Yeah, I fired up just to dabble a little bit. And yeah, it dude, it's 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 just it's there's no bad part about it. It's just great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's every bit as good as remember. They nailed the main music theme for the title screen for one, you know, like the fucking DuckTales theme is perfect in, yeah. in the digitized form. So like they're just you know, there's I, what was it that we were we we were talking about recently where they 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 I think it was Knight Rider. They 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 tweaked like it wasn't the main night. Oh yeah, they you know, changed like, it yep. for whatever license. You know, I'm sure it was a licensing thing or some shit. And like, even the, like everything is just well represented here and done right, and it's fucking great. I actually, oh, yeah. I, I, I actually almost put that as the the first music cue instead because sure. I was like, oh, I couldn't. T- which That's one? They're so good. It's too easy though. I'm glad. I'm glad you went with something. Yeah. That's that's way too easy. Uh, the I, I, yeah, I, I played the mind stage, which uh, required doing that Transylvania key thing. You know, which is uh, I did not like. I got there. You know, I didn't know. It, I had to think for a second. Like I got, I, I you know, I picked that just randomly out of the five or whatever they're available. I'm like, oh, African mines, and like I got in there, and like it, I did not remember that I had to do that legwork before getting into it, or I probably wouldn't have picked that stage. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. once I got in there and that was required, I was like, okay. And I did it and it <laughs> went back to the lines. You know? so it was funny that like, even though, whatever, I, 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 that's, that's the stage I played. So uh, I didn't get through it. It was, it was, uh, I was trying too much cowboy shit. Cause I knew I wasn't really on the long haul for the game. So I was probably doing shit I wouldn't normally do. Uh, so I didn't get to the boss or anything, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's, I mean, for one, it's going on my shit worth playing list. It's just like a fuck around thing. I can't believe it wasn't on there already. And that's my first addition to that list in quite a while. But nice. uh, it totally uh, uh, works as, yes, just like uh, 
if you just want to fire it up and play one stage, it, it like that it, it's a great game for that, as well as I was sitting in for the fucking long haul. So it's just again, that's just a perfect example of like a great fucking game. Like every aspect of it. However, however you want to engage it, it's satisfying. Odds are good. We'll have to talk about well, you know, do you if you recall, we said we agreed to just to not even debate it to, to make it a game episode when we got to it. <laughs> we did. We got just just to just to be thorough, we gotta discuss. But yeah, I mean that we did we did state that when we uh, initially came across the preview a couple of nights. Oh, if we stated it, if it's on if it's on the air then it's on, if it's, it's on the air, there. yeah, we, it will be hard to, to reduce <laughs> it would totally discredit us uh, in the in the uh, the retro gaming world if if we didn't live up to our our claims. So yeah. Well, we can't have that. We can't have that. <laughs> we can't have that. Uh, next up is an eight banger for Dragon Warrior and they uh, it's it's more pimping out of these new fangled RPG doohickeys uh, US Westerners have never seen before. They spent some time doing that here. And the cover art is fucking dope on this. I love Yes, it. look yeah. at it, dude. It stands it's, out. Yeah, it's so fucking epic, you know. Uh it's like the your adventurer standing, like kind of silhouetted, uh, almost a little bit with the sun setting behind him, like very much in the foreground. And they got this this blurb underneath here. It's captioned with "The road is long and full of hidden dangers." And then yes, they break into that uh, role playing adventure for the NES, like trying to explain to you what the fuck this thing is yet again. Just like no confidence whatsoever that we can comprehend it. <laughs> <laughs> but but they started out like never before have you experienced this kind of adventure on your yeah. NES. So like, all right, I'm game. What are we talking about? Yeah, they, I mean, they yeah they 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 spare no expense in playing up the story aspect of it for sure, uh, which is smart because that's obviously what's going to get you to, to to take on this fucking thing you supposedly don't understand. But yes, they explained that the entire feature in issue seven was basically just window dressing. Uh, that uh you know explain to you what the hell this game was and how and, and now we will be walking through the actual story of the game and they dedicate a page to explain the first castle which i'm sure i've never pronounced correctly in all my life and surely won't hear either but tantajo it's got to be yeah uh but uh and some of the mechanics of the nearby first town uh, Breconary. They explain, you know, saving by seeing the king, which is our main man, King Lork, to be exact. That's important uh, to note. And then staying in the inn to recover HP and what the fuck to buy with your measly starting gold allotment, which is 120, if I recall correctly. And they suggest buying the clothes and the club. I always would just score the club and then go out and pumble chook slimes for a few gold that you need to, to, uh, to be able to make the jump to leather armor. So I, like, I, I'm always a fan of efficiency and skipping the dumb shit, you know? <laughs> I like it. But yeah, I, like I, it. I, I, would, I would go out unprotected at all when I play this game uh, to circumvent the need to... Uh, I think the clothes are 60, maybe. Well, and, this is uh, probably good for 8-year-old, 9-year-old strategies, you know, first time. Get, sure. get, the, get the necessities. Yeah, play, play, you know, play, play it safe, for sure. If, you, if, you, if you're a kid and you don't know what you're doing, by all means. But the veteran doesn't 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 waste money on those clothes <laughs> uh you are then steered uh up to uh, uh the training wheels cave just north of the castle and that is called erdrick's cave now jay i spent my entire childhood never noticing the first r in that name it was, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was always just edric to me that's all i got <laughs> 
walking that's awesome yeah my entire childhood is calling edric's this edric's that and that's like his name is everywhere in this game dude like there's an there's edric's sword there, there's edric's armor. i did it again right there there's, there's <laughs> edric's sword there's edric's armor everyone talking about fucking edric all the time <laughs> like, it just, oh it's edric like it's 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 amazing how like just you know like a kid you saw it once and it just stuck <laughs> that's what it was you know just fucking kid it's remarkable how dumb and obvious you're capable of being or oblivious rather you're capable of being as a kid that's great yeah so there's nothing going on in here the actual cave uh erdrick's cave uh including no enemies other than finding a tablet that erdrick stashed here long ago that vaguely hints at the broad strokes of how to approach taking on the dragon lord there is some dope ass music though There's no point going here at all if you know the story. <laughs> like you, you don't need to show anyone the tablet or anything back at back at the castle. It's literally just a cool world-building touch that adds to the first-time experience of the game. You know, so like you can literally like when I play the game now, I don't even go there. There's no enemies in it. You're not gonna. It's not gonna behoove you in the in the grinding uh, aspect of the game. There's just no reason to go there at all. And it's just a story-building element. So again, that like think about the the I don't know the the Part of its balls to have to have a game with a completely useless component to it from a gameplay standpoint. It's literally just storytelling, you know. And like, how many games prior to this game had something like that in it? You know, a whole cave, dude. Like, I mean, think about. I mean, yes, they use that same stock cave look, dungeon look for all the subterranean caves like this, but still, they still had to build it. It's still it's taking up space on the cart. You know, it probably took weeks of a couple human beings programming to make that fucking area of the game and it has no it could it doesn't need to be there you know it's completely for literally no reason yeah bonus you know so like that's i don't know just it's again it harks back to the whole idea of how the how groundbreaking this game was that you know the there was there was room and incentive to do something like that uh is a very very new thing uh and it's cool so there's there they then give us a two-page map of North Alfgard, and I also realized I've always called the kingdom Alfgard. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <It's> dumb. <laughs> oh Josh. Uh, but the map, especially because how much I love the game, I don't know. It's funny, but the the map looks very sick. It reminded me uh, of this company that sells large size printings of old game maps of a bunch of kinds. Uh, but uh, they, yeah, they have like you know they they have. St stitchings together of Contra levels and shit like that, but they also have RPG overworld maps, uh, and I think those are the best ones of those. Uh, and I, I got Jab a Final Fantasy one for Christmas or, or something years ago. They're they're fucking pretty pretty hot looking, and not terribly expensive too. They're like twenty thirty bucks, and they send you uh, like in a tube a poster of it. You know, pretty fucking cool. Nice uh, NES this maps. Cool though. I like this one. Uh, that map? Yeah, no, dude, the, the Dragon Warrior fucking overworld map is amazing. The Final Fantasy is a really good one. Uh, yeah, they're very fucking cool. They also have an, uh, a great enemy breakdown of the baddies you bump into in these areas, including brief tips for dealing with them. And then the last couple of pages are centered around the leveling up system and proposed best practices for how ballsy you should you should consider getting with exploration <laughs> for each of the new, like the early levels, you know. So, you know, it's kind of like at level one, you should be thinking about doing this. Level two, you can probably go to this place and survive. Level three, so on and so forth. I think up to level seven. So, uh, again, that's just, you know, 
it's kind of like this hand-holding thing that you don't see anywhere else. Level through level five, sorry. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's like this hand-holding thing that you don't see for ninety-nine percent of games. You know, it's just amazing how tentative they were. <laughs> maybe um, I mean, it's like you said, maybe they just didn't think people were going to get it, and we're just going to screw it up. Obviously, <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, it's, just, it's still just amazing to me how how much care they took with with explaining it all. You know, the nuts and bolts of it. It's it's impressive. So yeah, they proclaimed the next two issues will have special tipbook inserts in them for the game. So looking forward to that. They're going from the Mario tipbooks that are in this in the last episode or last issue rather, and, and doing some Dragon Warrior ones. And yeah, it's uh, indicative of Nintendo putting all their marketing might into this biatch, and it brings a fucking tear to my eye, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that the I, this artwork puts terror into my eyes. I mean, that skeleton <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, is this, vicious. Yeah, and I don't know what you know. I'm like trying to looking at that right now. I didn't think it occurred to me to try to, to to put it together when I first saw it. But like, what that's supposed to be? Like, I don't know. Maybe I guess it could be a skeleton. But that's skeleton. Kind of a little weird looking skeleton. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that's supposed to be in the game. Uh, but either way, it's it's absolutely terrifying, regardless of what it might <laughs> represent. I don't know, but it, it looks awesome for sure. So yeah, we should we dude I, I I think man we should we should probably do a special side project on this game uh, just to expose you to it and you know I've, when we're mutually uh, able to agree that our lives are slow enough to allow for it of course because it is a, a great deal of additional work to be playing an RPG on the side with our our side with our with our main chores for this pod but uh, knowing the game as well as I do I could set like small sustainable baby step goals for us so we could do many episodes like little fifteen minute things or something so they wouldn't be these big you know fucking sprawling responsibility sets for us i could i could i could break this game up it's it's it, it, for being an rpg because it is one of the early ones it's not the most it's not a, the grinding you, you probably gotta take some time of course but the actual story of it uh isn't it's not a terribly complicated or deep game uh, in all honesty as much as i love it so i, I don't think it's the biggest thing to take on at all but I yeah, feel we can like do- as much as we've talked about it, it's just—I mean, it's—it's got to happen. Like, it's got to happen because right. you know it so well, and I'm just like, oh man, this game. Like, yeah, I mean, it's in—it's in the pod. Like I'm missing out now. Yeah, it's in the pod's namesake. I feel like we need to pay tribute. You know, <laughs> <laughs> King Lork. We yeah. must discuss. And I also I, that, that yeah, like as you mentioned, like it, it's kind of a a real nice discussion dichotomy too. The someone playing it for the first time, in your case, and then. 30 years after its release, no less, and then someone who knows it wrote, you know what I mean? Uh, like I, so like that, that would be a really interesting, I'd be so curious to hear. Cause like, you know, you talk about the, like this, the, I think I, I view this game in such positive light and it's such a classic, uh, great game to me, but like, does it really hold up? Cause like there, there's, like, there's, there's, there's two types of holding up 30 years after the fact there's holding up in a nostalgic way. Like I mm-hmm. revere it. And then there's holding up in a person that's picking up for the first time. And like, can they even, is it capable of engaging someone who doesn't have that underlying nostalgia at all? You know, like, is it, is it that good? And like RPGs are such a tricky thing in that regard because, you know, you gotta be able to get over the, it's certainly clunky. Like you gotta fucking, when you, when you walk onto a set of stairs, dude, you have to go to the menu and select stairs. (laughs) You know, you don't, you don't just just walk up or down the stairs, like just like stupid shit like that. that are just like little functional things that now would be common sense to a programmer 
hadn't been broached yet. So they, it, it just wasn't done as efficiently as it could have been. Uh, so the little shit, like there's a lot of little shit that, like that in the game that just I'm curious to hear whether that stuff uh, is too much to overcome. You know what I mean? Uh, or, mm. or, or if it's engaging enough to get past it. That would be, I'd be very, very curious to hear. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so we go from there to four pages on a four-player game bonanza uh, featuring the NES satellite. And Ooh. yeah, this fucking thing is cool. Uh, I'm still upset my uncle hasn't sent me his. But the, <laughs> the first two pages are all peripheral pitch. And, you know, it works with all the controllers, turns your controllers into wireless remotes, blah, 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 blah. It, and then it, it claims this fucker would work up to 20 feet away from the receiver that you plug into the control deck. And if you look at the, the picture here, there's like this little thing that plugs in. It's, it looks just like the front of the Nintendo where the controller ports are. It goes on top of it and has the infrared sensor in it. And then you, it supposedly claims you can get up to 20 feet away from that. And that's, Ooh. first of all, I don't know, what kind of mansion are you living in where you need <laughs> you know, right? You need that kind of distance, but uh, whatever, cool, you know, sure, functionality is good. Uh, but, yeah, dude, my uncle had this, and it's fucking great, dude. Like, I, yeah, I am, it, it, the, the one downside to it is it requires six C-cell batteries. Like, wow, that's fucking intense. I don't even know if they fucking make C-cell batteries anymore. Batteries. Uh, yeah, like every toy, like I remember, you know, I remember so many toys as a kid, like how, like fucking those big, you know, like, I mean, C-cells, like obviously D's even bigger. Uh, the fact that oh things, my gosh. You know, if you think about it, <laughs> that's a hefty amount of power in a yes. weird way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just to transmit, I mean, it is, I guess, a constant flow of, of input and output that you're, you're generating, uh, and needing to transmit, but still that's, that's a lot of power. It seems like. Seems like the NAS. I, I don't know a ton about circuitry and electronics shit. Uh, uh, I, I took some classes in ninth grade, an electronics class, and played around with some little kits as a kid, some little science kits. That's the extent of my uh, my knowledge. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, needless to say, that's not professional level. Uh, but um, it seems like there could have been some level of uh, there. There has to be some inefficiencies in the in the engineering <laughs> to need that amount of power for this for this fucking thing. But. Anyhow, they go into games. Uh, there's two pages of games that are, you know, appropriate uh, and, and ready to four player ready af after that. And the first one is Iron Man Ivan Stewart's Super Off Road, and that gets a whole page to start. So you have you have two pages total. One whole page of it is Super Off Road, and uh, it's funny. What was the, what was the name of that game? The the Lord of the Rings game. Uh, <laughs> Middle Earth Shadow of War. Right, so this is kind of in that vein. It's like a fuck. It's six words. Is the Ivan Stewart's <laughs> super off road? <laughs> or sorry, Iron Man Ivan Stewart's super off road. There's so many that I forgot one. <laughs> Even as I'm looking at it, so yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of a title. But the game is fucking fantastic to the point where I just bought it. I ordered it off. Like I saw, I read this thing. And then I think before I even turn the page, I got on eBay and paid for this. <laughs> Dude, had you played it before, like growing up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, it. man. I, I didn't I, I had I, it as a kid, but I played it enough uh, that, yeah, it's a fucking fantastic game, dude. Dude, growing up, we always, like, whenever I would go to, like, up on campus arcades in the summertime, like, off-road. It's funny because I never even noticed all the extra words at the beginning. I just knew it as off-road. <laughs> <laughs> ignored all the rest of it. Off-road to me, amazing freaking arcade game. And yep. yeah, man, I was actually playing this sometime with since we were have been in quarantine. Like, I definitely played this game. 
because I freaking love it. Yep. So hats what off to you for buying that, man. It's a classic. Yep, for sure. My, uh, Jad, like before, eh, it might have been right around when I was reading this. I don't know. Jab was texting me and he he was like, he must have been talking with his friends. Well, we like our our dialogue is funny. <laughs> like, like he'll like he'll literally be like in a conversation with fucking friends about some shit, and then like instead of like a lazy little prick, instead of googling it, he'll text me for an answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like gave me a few context clues. I'm like, oh man, it's fucking super off road for sure. <laughs> so so like he was talking about it too. You played it recently too. Like the fact that like the level of uh uh of uh i don't know how much it's permeating my life is pretty impressive <laughs> for a game a game from yeah it wasn't released it doesn't drop until april 1990 so it's not out yet but yeah it's, it's a rare developed and rare you know rare is fucking an incredible developer they have a ton of great games and then yes and they would continue to have great nintendo games for years uh after Still the today right so yeah it's and also published by trade west too which is a good publisher so yeah it's a fucking masterpiece so much fun and uh, i can't wait to get out for the pod i got it i, I literally got it in the mail last night it showed up and I sat down and played all the way through it. I didn't. I didn't win at the really? end. Really? Oh. Off because the booger mobile. Like so. There's like, like it, it acts like the enforcer, like like a, like a hockey enforcer, dude. Like you know, you're playing against three computer uh, NPC trucks when you're playing one player, and you go through. It's like. I want to say maybe it was like 25 or 26 races to the end. And, you know, you build up your truck as you go and fucking you get the money and you got to keep buying nitro things to stay competitive. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. those trucks, I think they're, they're definitely cheating. They're just fucking nitroing through the whole fucking course. So, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so like the way the, the, the way the mechanic works, you like, if, a, if another truck is on, t- like if you're touching another truck, uh, you can almost get you can almost overlap with trucks as far as like the the, the sprites go. And when you when you're like that, when another tr- when, when you're touching another truck, which you know I, I get it mechanically makes sense. Uh, but when you're touching another truck, it like it it really diminishes how fast you move, and you can't nitro and like, do the do the speed burst. You know, so mm-hmm. if that's happening, it's super fucked. I mean, like your entire purpose in life is to get off that but you get later in the you get later in the in the game and later in the in the in the, the championship rounds and stuff and the the gray and the fucking what's the other with blue i think trucks are just racing normal but the yellow truck which i always called the booger mobile as a kid is just like out it, it just has a hit out on you there it's just out, it's, not, it's not trying to win it's just trying to slow you down and like it's like it's like racing against a team is kind of the point you know which is fucked mm. up <laughs> <laughs> frustrating so like yeah the last few races i was in here cussing uh last night because fucking that truck is just like slowing me down and making me non-competitive you know it was really frustrating uh <laughs> that's, how, that's how that's how nes games add challenge that's how it ramps up challenge like i was playing some techno bowl too last night and like fuck super techno bowl and like fucking you know it's just that's how the nes that's how the nes adds challenges to just do some cheating ass shit <laughs> <laughs> hey at least they had a program you you knew what to expect like jet away from yellow immediately Right. above all else <laughs> yeah but do you fuck you you can't i guess it's that's why it's such a good game because it is such a nuanced control set you know the fucking turn you have to turn the corner so perfectly to really be competitive and stuff and like mm-hmm. you're trying to avoid that fucking yellow prick too it, it, it adds such a level of difficulty to it anyhow yeah this isn't out yet and then the uh none of the other games are out yet either sadly there's the earliest uh one that comes out is ultra's king of the beach which is a volleyball joint hitting in december, yeah december I, actually, I never played that game i don't think but oh, it's still so good December of 89, and the rest are 1990 releases. There's NES Play Action Football, which I look forward to talking to. I played the shit out of that. Own it as well. 
There's LJN's Nightmare on Elm Street. There is U.S. Championship V-Ball, which would actually be released as Super Spike V-Ball, which we have talked about a little bit already, and I also own in a combo cart with World Cup Soccer. And then that awful Magic Johnson's Fast Break, uh, I remember very bitterly. (laughs) And it's funny, like I keep saying that, watch that game be fucking amazing when we get to it, and I'll have to email Magic personally and apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's going to show up in your mentions like, so, my apology now, sir. <laughs> to slip into Magic's DMs. I don't know, is he on Twitter? He's got to be on Twitter. <laughs> I will. I, if, if it is a great game, I will tweet Magic Johnson an apology. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we're talking about making uh, declarations, public declarations here in this segment. Uh, let, let's add that one to the list. That is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Overworld 1 theme, bringing us into Act 2 of the mag here, of Nintendo Power 8. And that, first of all, banger of a music track, but (laughs) because of how many times I've started a new game in that difficult-ass game (laughs) in my lifetime, (laughs) when I hear that Overworld music, I, like, first of all, it's like a, I don't know, like, or, or I shouldn't say when I hear it, when I think of it. Uh, and I can absolutely picture that, you know, there's not a lot of video game tracks that I can just visualize viscerally in my mind. But that's one of them that I can. And then it's a very short, but when I do that, it's a very short stint of it. And then I can hear the start of, or I can imagine the start of the first sewer level music track because when you start that game you're right there by that fucking manhole and you you know you just if you've played that game a million times you don't dick around you go straight to that manhole so like i don't know, just my my recall my nostalgic thing for that music track is hearing it for a nanosecond and then hearing the start <laughs> start of that first sewer it's just funny how like linked those two things are in my mind like i cannot picture one without the other because of just the way that game is you know um that's funny to me that is awesome. That means I have succeeded to trigger nostalgia. <laughs> right, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you, you will, I will not be alone uh, in, in our listenership, I'm sure, uh, as far as enjoying that track goes. But they start us off in this section with a couple pages on Jalico's hoops. And I, I've seen this art. We, we've actually talked about it briefly before, I think. But I've seen that we this, this artwork style has been in this magazine uh, a number of times, even actually dating back to the Nintendo uh, Fun Club news issues and it's like it's I, I have a hard time it's just very unsettling to me this art style it's like it's like, <laughs> it's like this, yeah it's this very unnerving illustration style and all the dudes look like molesters <laughs> <laughs> they all look like they're fucking you know creeps dude and and like i said yeah they this this whoever this artist is i wasn't I, like i tried I want to know who did these, and I've tried Googling around trying to figure out the exact artist of them, and I, I have not been able to track it down, uh, and it bums me out. But yeah, like I just find it's very unsettling, like the way they all <laughs> look. Like, look at that, the guy on the second page holding the basketball, the white guy in the bottom left of the second page. Like, look at the way he's holding. Look, he, he looks like a fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has like long, skinny, drawn-out features, like long noses, yeah. long faces, but like. Yeah. 
ass eyes like yeah they look wiry you yeah. know and just <laughs> i yeah, never, like, the, the I guy, never thought of it like the that. guy on the top in the fucking title treatment like look at him the guy he looks like he's fucking peering into some girl's window or something <laughs> <laughs> he definitely does now that you mention that man oh man fucking creepy <laughs> ass illustration style and I, i'm sure like the you know you would, I would just love to know what other work he's done. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't. I, I, you know, what? it's funny. I almost, I almost disclaimed my assumption it was a man, but I'm positive it was a man. <laughs> I drove these, uh, or that drew these rather. Uh, anyhow, other than that, we've talked about this game already, so fuck this game. But after that, we get Counselor's Corner, and we have in 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 this uh, installment of it, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we have Adventure of Link. Simon's Quest, Metroid, Adventures of Lolo. Uh, those are the featured game, and those are kind of like a murderer's row of solid titles, which is cool. And the, the most, I don't know, the, the, none of the tips really jumped out to me as anything all that interesting, but Mullet Watch pays off big in this issue. <laughs> Thanks to Todd J. Bergman here in our game uh, play concept profiles. And Jay, fair warning, this is, this is going to be long. <laughs> <laughs> But this might be, this moment, this page, this issue here, might be the apex of my Imperial Strolls of Honor podcasting adventure. And it is because of our mullet counselor named Todd here. And I, if, if you don't know me, the name Todd is my favorite asshole waspy white guy name by a fucking mile. And I don't like, there's some, like something about it. I don't know. I can't really explain it perfectly but it's just something about the name todd screams raging rich prick to me and like <laughs> it, the odd thing about that is the only todd i know really well is a college buddy and he's he might be the nicest human being i've ever met in my entire life <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the most likable fun dude i i fucking of our entire group of friends uh those guys that lived on 14th street with me in, in, in college like yeah. the the canton akron group uh, grosenbaugh's uh, group of friends that i, I met when living next to him and He's just a fucking great dude. So, like, I have no real life, like, it's not like I know a Todd that I hate that is a rich prick. <laughs> but something about the name just does it for me in that regard. It's your own fun stereotype. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I name myself Todd in any video game that asks for name input. I write a total asshole of a Todd into just about every screenplay I write. I petition directors of movies I act in. To rename characters to Todd because my <laughs> what chief, yeah, my chief professional goal on the acting front is to amass as many Todd credits before I die as possible. That's my number one acting. <laughs> so like yeah, I'm, I'm Todd obsessed. It's just the way it is. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah, so this but this dude here, this Todd is my perfect late '80s Todd. <laughs> uh, Bergman, while not British, still sounds pretty fucking waspy to me, and oh, yeah. his hobbies are. Pumping iron, and then two very entitled hobbies, scuba diving and tennis. And oh, his, his games fucking suck. <laughs> like, his highest <laughs> score is track and field. His favorite game is the Guardian Legend. And he's got some deep V action going on with his polo shirt in the photo. And then, obviously, the glorious mullet. And I don't know, man. Just never, never stop being Todd. Todd, I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the only one with the middle initial. Everyone else is just <laughs> yeah, Rob Baker, yeah. Dave Murray. 
his right. Todd J. Burton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why do you why do you get that middle initial here? Like what makes you need to put that there? What gives you the like, you know, I don't know. It's like Cam Newton's two lockers, dude. Like, why do you get two lockers, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wore the blue blazer in college and was like, yo, you don't belong here. Like he was the bad guy in right. your 80s he's, movies yeah, for sure. He has without a doubt told someone in their life that they don't belong where they're at with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. Fucking top. So yeah, I, that I just I I like I I almost couldn't, you know, I saw it. And I like I had to do, do a double take. I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I get mullet Todd here in this fucking issue. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, that's really the only thing about Counselor's Corner I would talk about. JD is <laughs> despite the fact that uh, Todd is Todd, Rob is the real OG. I mean, of the group, he is the one who's been the game counselor for the longest. So he looks the youngest to me, but clearly, he's the boss. Dude, some of those I, I may have talked about it before. One of the they hired people young as fuck, dude. There, there's a guy who's done a bunch of he's done the rounds on podcast interviews and shit too. That was a, a former Nintendo counselor, and he got hired. He was like 17. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the pod before. Like he was the, the guy that I'm maybe that's fucking him. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can't remember his name offhand, but yeah, they, I mean they they hired people young as fuck. Like some of them. You know, they would get jobs in the warehouse and shit. And like Nintendo of America was not a massive operation at the time. So, uh, I mean, that's where Howard, you know, Howard rose up the ranks out of the warehouses, you know, even as like an executive. So that w- it was a very, uh, what do you call that? A, a, a vertically possible, a vertically traversable company. <laughs> nice. Good job. Yeah, for sure. Good job, Rob. Uh, yeah, yeah, other than that, not too much, man. I mean, it's yeah. kind of the standard games you would expect. I mean... <laughs> Ninja sure. Turtles number one, of course. Everybody need to freaking help with that. I definitely remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, dude. Well, dude oh the things are, yeah, the things they're talking about. Uh, I the, the this mouser and the technodrome. Get the, oh, the freaking mouser! Get, get the fuck out of here! I've never came anywhere near getting to that. <laughs> Areas four and five, like get the fuck out of here! Not, not oh this. man, not, not without I mean, Game Genie. Even with Game Genie, I had Game <laughs> Genie. I still never got there. I never saw this shit. So, yeah, fucking Game Genie. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised to see him, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah, as as expected. Yeah, good stuff. After that, they give us an eight banger on Sunsoft's Fester Quest. Uh, yes. Fall, fall, yeah, following up, following up that tottery there. They, they start off with uh, like a very artwork laden title page, and at the bottom, there's a very nice looking Sunsoft cinematic imagery from the from the title screen in the game, or title sequence rather in the game. And Fester is sitting in a beach chair outside the mansion, wearing sunglasses, despite it being nighttime, as the UFO descends. And the chiptune rendition of the Adams Family theme that they play here in the game is really fucking hot. And then they give us a, uh, a pretty shoddy breakdown of the weapons, items, and early enemies. And the enemies have little illustrations, of, uh, but other than that, there's really not much going on for this breakdown. That's kind of disappointing. Man, what? Wait, hold on. Can we not? Are we not going to discuss this weird four-headed fester thing they have going on twice the page? Like it looks so odd to me. Like, oh it's like yeah. They have to tie the heads together. I'm like, what is going on there? That's in, I'm pretty sure that's that dude. That 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 is pixel art from the game. That's in the game, I believe. Uh, With the four bunched together like that? Yeah. That is, yeah. Actually, yeah. No. That's, oh man, I remember that. That's well, that's not fur. That's his hat. That's that. Those are, those are, 
a bunch of I mean, it's an interesting art choice, but that that's from that little title sequence at the bottom there after he sees the UFO. That's in the game, dude. <laughs> like, that's that's fucking fester. <laughs> oh man, it's nice. uh, I love that though. Uh, but it it is interesting uh, implementation of it, though I suppose the the four of them like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it goes into so after it goes into six pages of walkthrough action, and this game like it's fucking it's 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 a busy ass game basically. <laughs> like there's you know they like they they take the time to explain the mechanics of it because it is a very diversified gameplay mechanic or gameplay format game. There's the aforementioned overworld where you have like in the they're not aforementioned but there's fucking the the pictures of the overworld maps here. So that's one you, you know, kind of a top down deal where you're walking around and and normal gameplay stuff. But uh <clears throat> you also go below ground into sewers and it's it's kind of the same perspective for that. I think it might get a little closer. No, it's the exact same uh kind of deal but it's below ground but then they also have a a first person when you go inside buildings you go into a first person like quasi 3d perspective thing uh and that's where the boss fights are and that i mean that's a lot (laughs) for a fucking nes game you know uh it it was packing a lot into a cartridge for sure did you have this game or did you did you have any experience with this game dude i definitely did not own it but i for sure played it like I remember that opening sequence. I remember getting into this game and it being really complicated. Yes. And like it was a game I, that we rented and it, I might have like been able to double rent it, you know, so I was had it for like six days, but I definitely did not beat it for sure. I did no. not beat it. I so don't... like even having this level of information, like this maps and all these explanations, like for a game like this, if there was a book, I was 100% going to read it because there was a lot going on. And I mean, even looking... Like, if I had had this issue, this would have been freaking helpful. <laughs> it would have been helpful. I still don't think oh you could gosh. have got me where I'm warning you now. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I own this card. I, I, uh, my, I, I think I want to say <clears throat> I doubt I, – because I was not into Adam's family. Uh, and I think I, – well, I rather I know my mom got it for me. And I think she bought it uh, because it was something – like a TV show she watched when she was a kid, I think. So, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what uh, led to me owning it. And it is like it, it's sunsoft, so it looks fucking great. It's got like those boss battles are not not even very Blaster Master esque, but they are the exact same boss battles Blaster Master, where you go into that pitch black room and mm-hmm. you know it's just you and the the big massive boss sprite. So those are cool and awesome. And the game, you know, it's it's super fucking hard. It's kind of when you die, you go back to the beginning. It's kind of, it's a very fucking punitive game. Uh, and very, yeah, very, very difficult. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough game. I, I never got really anywhere. If I recall correctly as a kid, I definitely never beat it. So, uh, owning a game and never beating it, you know, I did not have a massive NES collection. The idea of owning a game and not being able to beat it despite how much I inherently must have played it because of the lack of selection. You know, it's, it's just not a, good, <laughs> not a good testament to the feasibility of, of, of getting through the fucking game for sure, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of cool shit to it. You, know, the, you, you encounter all the family members in the game. You, like the, the houses you you find in the overworld map usually have a one of the family members in them, Gomez, Morticia, Thing, Pugsley, Wednesday, Lurch, Mama, uh, and they give you key items to use in the game, which is cool. So there's yeah, there's a lot of, of fun inventory things you get, and I always enjoy that. I like talking about that for, for Metal Gear and stuff. Like I enjoy games with really cool diversified inventories and, and item sets and shit, so that's cool. It has that going on. Uh, but difficulty level is, is probably a little much for this game. 
uh, yeah to be enjoyed uh present day you know i don't know man i it also has nostalgia for me just because i know my mom always watched you know the black and white version sure. and so i i saw episodes of that and then when they remade the movies i watched them and the movies were good like i liked yeah, the remade movies as a kid the cast so for were, me yeah the cast was good yeah the cast were really good for those movies oh yeah for sure i i did not i wasn't in the, i didn't it didn't do it for me i did not i was not I don't know if I've ever watched them in their entirety, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, I definitely didn't when I was little. Oh, you're missing out, man. Yeah, supposed to. It's something about it. It's, it's kind of it's that even as a kid, I was a cunt, dude. <laughs> that, 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 that tongue in cheek, like winking at the camera kind of humor just has always rubbed me the wrong way, even as a child, even as a child which probably makes me a uh, demonstration of being emotionally damaged because <laughs> like, what, what kind of kid, like, how does a kid, how is a kid too good for that kind of humor? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't into it, dude. <laughs> oh man. So sad. So sad. Uh, yeah, tra truly tragic. Yeah. And it's funny cause it's followed up by a type of humor that I was very much into in who framed Roger rabbit. Uh, as a kid uh, <laughs> really yeah. oh man yeah this is and like because dude what that this this movie it, there's adult shit going on in that movie it is not it was that's there you know that's what made it so great actually that they had like this universal engagement ability despite there being uh major adult themes and like fucking you know just poking around the internet for this because actually so, you know, we're reading this, and it's in the magazine, it's up next here, a five-pager on LGN's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just to state it. But the a podcast I listened to, the, the Emulate This podcast, just did a whole episode within the last couple of weeks on, they did it on the game, the NES game, as well as the movie. So they talked about a lot of shit re related to the, the IP. And this is based off a book, dude. This is a literary IP. And I had no fucking idea. Apparently the book is like crazy like there's a lot of adultery there's a bunch of crazy ass betrayal themes in it like it's a very very adult subject matter book and it's super interesting to me that amblin entertainment spielberg's company acquired it to adapt it and then made a movie that's you know it's not it doesn't go as far as the book uh, at all but it is still you know there there is you know, everything Spielberg makes is usually incredibly child, and this is kid friendly too. That's, I guess, that maybe that's the point of, of why it's cool is that it's able to be truly child friendly, but also have these underlying adult themes that you can that are able to fly and still be present while not eliminating the fact that it's a childhood and a, a child enjoyed movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. So I was when we obviously preparing for this podcast, I was going through this, and Zion was in here, and she was like, What is or no, I think I had been going through going through it, looking at music and trying to see, you know, what kind of tracks are up. And so I was playing a track and she was like, what is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? So I was like, oh, I was trying to explain it to her <laughs> and she she just didn't get it. So I just like, All right. I just pulled it up on YouTube and showed the trailer, which was true 80s style trailer, by the way. It's I don't know. We might have to drop that link just for the fun of it. Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. What the hell was wrong with that take? Nothing with you, baby Herman. You were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. Just Roger. He keeps blowing his line. She she watched a trailer, and obviously, you know, 
the cartoons are cursing, but they're just saying like damn and stuff like that. That's not, you know, not terrible curse words she hasn't heard before. But and she got it and she was just looked, she loved it. She was cracking up. Like she I could watch this with her right now. Sure. You know dude, what I mean? I, so yeah. Yeah. This it's clutch. Fun. It's a great movie, dude. Like I is this is another one. Kind of like Beetlejuice. Jab and I used to watch. We we had like a a, a dubbed ass VHS copy of it. it. Had the full like HBO motion graphic thing at the beginning, like you know, uh, yeah. a total a total a total dub of it off, off cable television. And fuck it, it's we just ran that tape into the ground. <laughs> so, it's so good, such a good movie. Um, I wonder if I would enjoy it in a different way as an adult now. Like I might have to watch it again because obviously we watch it as kids. Right. You know, I wonder yes. if I would get. The more I'd adult seen, side of it. Yeah, I haven't seen this entirety in a while. I, I actually would. I, I, that's something I would like to do um, for sure. I'll give it a watch here this week. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, the game itself. Uh, they, they start with a, <laughs> a setup page here, and it's featuring a nice screen grab from the flick where Christopher Lloyd, who also played Fester in the 90s Adams Family movies, uh, he's like a fucking character acting deity, dude. Uh, he, mm. he's, he's yoking up Roger Rabbit uh, in front of Valiant, the detective. Uh, at the bar here, which actually didn't write down the actor. I can't think of the actor's name, but uh, the actor playing Valiant was interesting. He's not like a, it's not a household name. Uh, you know, he's in a lot of stuff from that era. Uh, I want to say he was in Batman maybe too, but uh, he's you know, he's in big movies then, but he's not a household name by any length. The the lead playing the the private eye. And right. So he's, he's one of those. What's that guy? What's that guy's name? What's right, that? Right. But you definitely recognize him for sure. Yeah. So so it, that's the scene going on here in, in the title page, and then they give a. Um, they also give you this. I think this is cool. This is a nice little touch. They give you the story set up on a little detective's notepad, you know, here, here below the, the screen grab from the movie, which is cool. Nice. Cause that's kind of, yeah, it's, it, 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 that's exactly what this game is. And that's uh, almost, well, you know, I'll, I'll get into it. It's kind of part of its fault too, but, uh, they go from that to a light item breakdown and a blurb telling you to talk to people. So you, you don't waste time going into buildings that are empty, which is, that's probably the biggest criticism in this game that oh much, my of, gosh. Yeah, much of the game can be, well, there's a lot of flaws actually with this game, to be honest with you, but that's one of the bigger ones that you can, you know, there's so much of the game is just going into buildings and hunting for shit with no, you just, you're just going through waste baskets, waste baskets and going through dressers and drawers and fucking uh, going into rooms and there's nothing in there and talking to people and it goes nowhere and da 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 da. And so much of the game is that, which, funny, is probably exactly what the gig is like. <laughs> right. <laughs> but how fun is that? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the tedium in a uh, place in a video game like that is not the most fun thing at all, you know? So it's kind of unfortunate that, like, you know, it's, it's, it must have been so hard to be a programmer back then. And like, if you truly gave a shit about what you're doing, because yeah, like you, you, you need, you know, you, you're like, you're always trying to, you want, you, you know, you're, you're an artist. You want to do something different. You want to, you want to, especially if you're, if you're adapting an IP, like you want to adapt these unique components of that story world or that story or those characters. Like you want to implement that, the feel of that into this different medium, you know? So like everything about the artistic process in, uh, pushes you to try to do that to like make you feel like a private eye but then in actual application like it goes back to the more important thing with a video game unfortunately is just gameplay mechanic and then being a fun mechanic and enjoying playing the the everyday moments of playing this game and like it just doesn't <laughs> this doesn't translate you know it's unfortunate yeah uh, there was i was nowhere near beating this game as a kid like oh. I, I don't even know if like obviously i don't remember now because it was so long ago but 
I don't even know if I could say I liked the game. I just remember playing it and not beating it and just being like, what? Okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah, like just, yeah, you kind of like you want to like it because it's this IP that you enjoy. Uh, And like it looks, it's not the, it's not a bad looking game. Like the whole idea of like you're going around trying to, you're in, you go into Toontown, you're fucking driving around Benny the Cab. Like there's all these things about it that are fun as fuck. theoretically but like actually playing the game you're just like as a, and as a kid you can't pinpoint what it is you're just like i don't know i'm just you want to play it you're here you're stuck with it you rented the fucking thing <laughs> like i, I yeah. kind of would rather be doing something else <laughs> yep yeah. yeah. let me just jump in mario 2 again yep <laughs> right right uh and not tell mom that i'm not playing this game that i thought that, that she paid for uh to rent you know <laughs> uh so yeah so they go into from that they from the breakdown they go into three pages of walkthroughs general tips and they they're again with the the overworld map of 1940s la which i just find hilariously nondescript and incorrect but nonetheless, <laughs> that's what it is and yeah actually i did fire it up to, to just to kind of i mean i i Thought I had a pretty good rec- recall of what it was, but I fired it up just to re- as a refresher. And it is, dude, it, it, that, it, that tedious thing is just exactly what's wrong with it. Like, you're just going in. And you can, like, you can talk. It's like you, you, know, you walk up to a building, and you can often, they at least put in the caveat of you're able to talk to the person out front. And they can usually, they, or rather they usually will tell you whether or not something in the building there's anything in the building to be had. Uh, so you don't need to go all the way in and waste time. But... You know, probably as a kid, you're not doing that. You stop, you know, whatever. How much fun is it? It's it's almost equally as not fun to just walk up to a building, talk to someone, and they tell you whether or not you need to be here. And then then you know whether or not to go in. Like, that's not fun either, you know what I mean? To be told whether or not. You want to find things, you know? Uh, you don't want to have it handed to you. That's not any fun. So, yeah, it just didn't yeah. fucking... Plus, it's a one-hit death. Work. Yeah, it's a one-hit death game. Um, oh, I forgot about that. <sighs> that sucks. Anytime uh, that's implemented in the game, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, especially yeah, like a really it's, you know it's, it's not like a stage based game. It's just it's it's tough, very tough game, tough sledding. Uh, the they get they do give you a fold out map next though, and that is fun. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. got it's got the festers again going back to things that would be you would definitely wish you could have had or wish I wish I had for sure. Uh, this was before my fucking subscription started, so I unfortunately did not have this. But yeah, they have the full overworld map here and a bunch of the sewer maps and shit, which is fucking fantastic because those sewers are just dead end city, you know, uh, in that mm-hmm. game. So. That's fun, and then and on the flip side of the map is a airbrush, uh, another airbrush, rather piece of artwork for Batman. So more Sunsoft action coming out soon, and it's fucking it's dope ass artwork, man. <laughs> it's got like the you know Batman standing there, he's kind of like center mass. They got the fucking Batwing on there, they got the Batmobile, they got him sitting at his little fucking command center in the Batcave, watching some some Joker footage on the screen. Like it's got it's got all the 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 toys you know what i mean that make batman such a fun fun ip okay and we're talking michael keaton batman here you yes know, we're talking yeah. original we're talking with the rumors that he might come back right now it's very exciting <laughs> is that is that a rumor right now I, i'm not it is a rumor that he might come back in the the current dc universe version of movies that are coming out so that's a whole another thing whole another thing man we'll get way 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 off distracted <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so we go from that into an eight pages of Game Boy goodness feature here. That first of all, the first page is this full page picture of the Game Boy itself to start, which I think is just absolutely beautiful, uh, and and a very smart thing just to like 
here it is up close and personal. This is this is the fucking, you know, because again, kind of like the RPG thing. It's just like a handheld video game system. Like, sorry, we don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, right. Like, what? And holding it, holding it on my iPad like mini right now. It's like probably perfect the scale. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, I can easily visualize it. I want one right now. Which about, you know, thing, I mean, <laughs> probably a little bigger in the magazine, I guess. Uh, yeah. Life, but nonetheless, yeah, uh, and yeah, it's funny that, that it's, I didn't, I hadn't, you know, I was not reading that from my notes, like, but that's what it says at the top of the second page Game Boy, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they put on the fucking as the headline, which is great. Uh, then they then they are rather they then proceed to inform us of what in fact it is, <laughs> and it's it's portable and powerful. This is the innovative new game system that will travel everywhere. And Game Boy games have all the detail, depth, and dimension of NES games condensed to a size that will go wherever you want them to go. And that's a fucking blatant lie, but whatever. <laughs> like, they're definitely not NES game level games uh, at any point, really, in the Game Boy lifespan. But uh, they are fun, for sure. And they uh, below that, they have a, a fucking schematic for the device. <laughs> Which again, just going back to like that, uh, explain to you what the fuck this thing is. Like it's like, uh, you know, they have like a diagram with like these are the controls, battery cover, headphone jack, speaker. <laughs> you know, like uh, very. Dude, dude, this is this is like from a marketing perspective, they kind of covered all the bases. Like at the top, they have all the explanation. If you're like a person who likes to sit and read. Then they have the straight graphic, like, look, TV plus Nintendo plus this. Equals, bam. <laughs> right. This is what you got. You know, <laughs> like, it's kind of like, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I, didn't, understand. I didn't really digest that that picture. Yeah, that's a funny illustration. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's good. Yes, like that's very fun, for sure. And but you're sold. Like, you know what you get, you get it. It's like, okay, portable right. Nintendo. Yeah. I didn't have. I was. I wanted one for sure. Uh, I think. I. I. I actually. I don't. I do not recall really distinctly whether or not I might have really petitioned hard for this, or if I had just. If I just got it, uh, for Christmas. Really? Yeah. I do not recall whether it was something I like really lobbied for or not, but. Uh, oh, I totally did. It took me a little bit to get it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I think I got it. I think I got it the first Christmas it was out, uh, which I did not get my NES that nearly as quickly but um yeah i don't know I'm, I'm not sure how they would have got wind of it if i wasn't asking for it who knows but anyways they have the five launch titles here and they again have those wonky cart labels that did not actually make it to the carts that when they were released but nonetheless it's tetris super mario land baseball tennis and alleyway and then they spend a page talking about the backstory and acquisition of the rights to tetris and mentioned that a soviet cosmonaut a.a serebrov will be taking one of these babies into space to demonstrate its portability and I think they were, I think this must not have materialized because they, they, I could not find any photos of this, uh, of, of AA, uh, Mr. Serebroff in space with the Game Boy. And if it had happened and a photo existed, that would definitely be on the internet. So, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think this unfortunately did not materialize as much as, uh, as cool as that would have been. They then find a way to dedicate four pages to Tetris, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, because Tetris, I don't know, it's just fucking. Tet I don't know. What do you have? What, what can you say? Like Tetris, fuck game, go. <laughs> so intuitive, you know. It's such a hard. I don't know how you get four pages out of it, but they, they manage to do it. They do it. They they even do a breakdown of the gameplay pieces with explanations, as if they're, I don't know, anything other than just blocks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like breakdowns, but man, <laughs> I think this is 
this is kind of like the first introduction to it though you know so i think this is kind of just like letting you know hey thoroughly like this is the the cell right because this was going to be and i don't remember i was listening to a podcast and it was like a couple months ago about the launch of the game boy and originally super mario land was supposed to be the launch title just like super mario brothers was for nintendo you know and then whatever happened i can't remember all the details that went into it but Tetris ended up the launch title instead. Well, it was it was because I mean they you know do you they, remember? They, well, they talk about this in here, but it, it was such a you know uh, they went like acquiring the rights to Tetris was mm-hmm. a huge fucking deal. Like there it, there was a bidding war for it, uh, and and acquiring them, you know they paid I'm sure more than they maybe had ever paid for any other fucking. Uh, they only paid 50 grand to get Mike Tyson. So they, I'm sure they paid more than that for this. <laughs> like they might, yeah. it, might have, it might've been the most expensive licensing thing they had ever spent on to date. So they were trying to, you know, we need to monetize this fucker. You know, I'm sure that was very much the internal dialogue about, about uh, acquiring this thing. So, you know, we have this huge new system coming out. It's perfect for it. The medium is perfect being portable and like these bite-sized gaming tidbits here like let's let's jam it onto this system so yeah i mean it was absolutely that they wanted they were like fucking this thing costs money let's let's start making some money on it for sure <laughs> yeah like mario will sell on its own it's good yeah, exactly you know, we well that, and that's and that's brilliant too in that you know exactly mario will fucking sell no matter what we know that at this point there's no reason to wait kind of kind of burn your your you know, there's no reason to burn that money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we can put this on here and, and still sell that as a separate deal. So, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, fucking big deal at the time. They even pack a they, they make their own uh, little Howard Nestor comic tailored to the game, which is right. We haven't seen that's that special. Yet. Yeah, that's special. special. Yeah. So, yeah, man, fucking. They, yeah, but they it's yeah, I don't know. I'm just, again, it's kind of looking at I'm, I'm so impressed they were able to talk about this game for a full four pages like the, the fucking, <laughs> you, you imagine the, whoever was tasked with writing this they must have been like oh man four pages <laughs> <laughs> like all right what are we doing next all right give me that's, ideas what that's, else? that's probably the root uh of where the fucking comment the, the nester the howard nester came from it probably was not like a uh this is all conjecture but the fucking you know the, it was probably the guy writing it. it's like fuck man can i get like a Nestor comic or something to take us help me out here (laughs) Uh, yeah man Uh, so that's fucking the Game Boy thing and then we get into 12 pages of previews up next here and there is definitely some fire coming here there is Capcom's Willow there is Batman yes briefly talked about here so those Sunsoft marketing dollars are probably being pumped into this issue quite a bit and then we have Technos' River City Ransom in-house NES play action football again. That was in the NES satellite piece too, and none of these are are out yet, uh, being previews. So that's unfortunate. But uh, dude, just... if it w- if this was not previews, all of those games, yeah, I mean they're all like games that if you have not played, you need to play. Really? Yeah, fucking Willow is it's, it's so yeah. I just going through them. Willow is a top-down action RPG. It's very Legend of Zelda-like, and they make mention of that. The map illustration for this is also hot. I love this this artwork here for the map on Willow. And yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it makes you want to play. You're like, whoa, what is this world? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, dude, this game it is fucking like it was a and, and there's too much there for a rental game. <laughs> and that was probably that's probably my biggest problem and why is never never able to, to really uh get very far in it is is because in, in a rental sitting like this game there's too much going on in this game. It's like running Zelda like no fucking way, you know. <laughs> okay. And that's why I have such vivid memories of games like River City Ransom 
and NES Play Action Football because I specifically remember renting them over like Christmas vacation when I had like a solid two weeks off of school and just hours to play. Jamming on them, yeah. And yeah. just like beat them, went to town on them, love them. Yeah. Yeah, those are fucking great games. Uh, own NES Play Action. But uh, River City Ransom is certainly on my want list. That fucking game's expensive though, dude. It's a popular game. Uh, Wait, isn't on? Uh, you, you can play. I mean, obviously, it's not the same. I think you can play that one on. It is, yeah. It's on. It's on online. Yeah, it's on Switch. Online. Yeah, but I like. I want the cards. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not prohibitively expensive, but it's more. I'm always trying to find like you know try to trying to get the deals, especially because I have such a long list of wants that like. If I allow myself to, to 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 pay market rates for all those games, I'll fucking um, bankrupt myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. In, in the aggregate, uh, n- n- individually, none of them are too expensive, but in the aggregate, most of them are fucking, it would be, it would be a little much. So yeah, so they give, uh, anyways, they give Willow a 375 aggregate on the power meter score here. Uh, River City Ransom is, yes, a console beat-em-up that, uh, or rather the first, the first good beat-em-up on the console, I should say. Mm-hmm. And such a fun co-op game, and I can't wait to fuck with it, talk about playing that when we get there. They give that a four on the power meter aggregate, and Batman Ooh. is a very good action platformer. Had it as a kid. Scored the cart in my childhood reclamation project as well. They have dope-ass cinematics in here, actually, on the in the preview that are not in the game, though. And I, I think that's interesting. <laughs> Wonder what's up with that. Great game, though, and it is uh, 4.125 on the power meter. And like, yes, Jay, I sat down and computed the actual decimal uh, (laughs) yeah the accurate decimal aggregate power meter scores here because i'm a psychopath and then uh, play action is probably the most hardcore football simulation uh we ever get on the nes i don't know it's very strategy based like that first of all it's four player so like they they, you know we saw it in the four player feature but it it came with those cards where you like you know two players sitting in the same room you can't call you know you can't talk about the play you're picking so they came with these little cards that had I don't even, they're almost impossible. I almost say you have to Google them. Like, there's no way to fucking for me to explain. Them. They were like, they're basically were little cards that the person could could sit with the other player on their team and point at things on the card and explain what play they were picking on screen. You know, so the person would know what play you were going to run because the play it was a very diversified playbook, really, uh, comparatively to Tecmo, where you know it's just fucking. Pitch very the ball. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, very elaborate on the strategy front game. And yeah, and that's a perfect example, actually, of uh, something when you rent the game, you're not getting, you know, and, and, and you're totally cheated out of, and no one gave a shit. <laughs> you know, like, no one- I also played it one player, though, because, like, my, like, at the time when I played this, Jesse would have been too young to understand and play with me. And I definitely didn't play with my cousin. So for me, I was just like, one player, let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. Me and my uncle used, yeah. to, used to co-op that game all the fucking time. It's, it's, it's a, it's a blast, and like it is, you know, the gameplay is kind of clunky, and uh, it's not the, I, it's not the best gameplay. Uh, it's Tecmo is certainly way more fun. So, but this game kind of, I don't gets, know, man. I don't know. I feel like, like I, I feel like their score is definitely sandbag here. I would have definitely given this like a four or five. Really? Yeah. Uh, what, what's what's the actual calculation? Did you calculate? Yes, three point five is the aggregate. Ah. Yeah, which is I, I I kind of agree is is shitting on it. Uh, and it's interesting that dude, it's any they were it's an NES in-house title too. So, they, you know, it's kind of interesting they shit on it like that. But uh, yeah, and dude, I mean, but it does get I I would say, uh, in the in the wide the widespread perception of it is not necessarily a positive one, which I don't agree with either. So I, I think it's interesting that we both uh feel that way about it because uh, most people do not care for it. I think. Wow. Oh, um, it's I mean it's just. 
goes without saying that Tecmo Super Bowl, <laughs> like the amount, it's <laughs> not even fucking close. And you know, part of that's the license. Obviously, the Tecmo Super Bowl had the full the NFL and the NFLPA licenses, so that has a huge part of that. Uh, but gameplay too, I think Tecmo was just better received. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is. I think it is a good game. Anyhow, after these messages, we'll be right back. It's here. Batman, the video game from Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Let the battle begin. That was the audio from a 1989 Batman uh, U.S. television commercial, and it is Sunsoft wanting you to take Batman on the NES very, very seriously. <laughs> Sign me up, though. Like, oh sure, yeah. <laughs> I owned it as a kid. I fucking have reclaimed it. It's a great game, uh, and it is. You know, it's it's like it as far as NES can. It it does. It's a serious presentation of Batman. You know, it is not a they do not child it up at all you know it's it's a very i think mm-hmm. uh mature portrayal of batman as far as an nes game goes so it's like very dark and brooding the aesthetic of it is very you know serious so but it's you know any any video game commercial from the 80s like when they take them that seriously is funny to me <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the 80s you gotta love it yeah. gotta love it so the classified information is the first thing that uh, they give us here in Act 3 of the mag. And the BB stacker in me loves this 1943 entry that they kick it off with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nintendo Power's code crackers, in quotations as they're termed here, have figured out how the password system in the game works. So there are tables here provided that allow you to build your own password from scratch. And... You know, depending on what level you want to start on and how powered up you want your plane to be. So you can you build your own password here. And ugh, like, I just, I can't even like just sitting down with a piece of notebook paper as a kid and like fucking devising how you want. Like, I just, that sounds like a, I, I would have loved to <laughs> participate in that little fucking activity. Uh, and I feel robbed that I didn't know about this as a kid. Uh, oh my it's, gosh. It's not even a game that I love, but like, I would have rented this game just to do that. <laughs> I like, think I did. I did rent this game once, but I didn't have this to do. <laughs> I can't even believe what I'm seeing. Like, I, I look at this, and my brain just exploded. Like, what? Like, how? Like, who figured this out? And just, like, the level of detail that had to go in to create something like this that could be then built upon within a Nintendo cartridge? Come on, that's next level. This yep. is 1989. Very, very fucking fun here. Agent uh, Agent 127, good job, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nestled away in the bottom right of the second page with little fanfare is a box titled Quick Tip that contains an absolutely fucking mind-blowing thing about two of the biggest games to ever hit the NES. Did you see this? I did not. I skipped I bro- over that. I broke, I broke Reddit with this. The <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can save at any time in both Legend of Zelda and... And Adventure of Link with the second controller. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, you, so, here's, so you pause the game on controller one, and then on controller two, you press up and A at the same time. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then, like, dude, I was I was reading the magazine, and like, you know, 
see this shit and like like yeah it might spark sparks like oh i want to try that in the game whatever that's cool like no dude i stopped what i was doing got up went over to my fucking nes turned on the tv like and like sat there and like get like that there's no way this works <laughs> and like tried it in both versions <laughs> uh, or both games because i have both uh-huh. and fucking yeah dude it's fucking works like you go my jaw hit the fucking floor. It was, I was I was stunned. What? Like it's the same screen as when you die. So in Legend of Zelda, like you know, you if you die, it goes to that you 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 have the three uh, options: the continue, save, or retry options with a little heart next to it. So it goes right. to that menu, and you know it, it's 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 worded a little funny in that you can't save at any time. Like that's what I thought it was when I first was reading it. I was like, I thought I could just save the game mid-game whenever i wanted and that i would I, I would just fucking lost my mind if that was the case so thankfully it was not that but yeah you you basically so and what it really does is which is much has much less utility but it's still cool and interesting and, and the fact that i never knew it is, is a little surprising to me that it never uh never it never uh <laughs> like an oozed into my uh into my, <laughs> in, into my knowledge pool uh being such a big title is surprising to me but what it really means is you don't have to do that whole song and dance when you decide you want to stop playing legend of zelda after you've gotten full life meters you know if you have the full two rows of hearts like if you want to stop playing the game you got to go bump into shit for five minutes to die you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and and slow, especially if you get those rings that reduce the amount of damage you take when you get hit. You gotta like you gotta fucking get hit like however many hearts times fucking four, I think. You gotta get hit <laughs> times to die. So what this really does is it allows you a quick exit and save, you know, uh, which is would have been nice to know and it probably would have saved God knows how much of my childhood. I would have had my pro- my productivity in childhood would have been so much higher had I known. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I wouldn't have wasted that time. Because yeah, it basically allows you to skip that whole uh, intentional uh, suicide step, you know. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that warrants a little more than a quick tip in the corner. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, that, that's that's instruction manual fodder, boys. Yeah, it's not a quick tip. That's a, that's a big tip, and it should have came to me much earlier. <laughs> oh, Nintendo. Right. But yeah, same thing in same thing in Zelda, or rather, Adventure Link too. Uh, exact same deal. So, pretty fucking cool. The other games are Ninja Gaiden, Star Soldier, Mega Man Two, The Guardian Legend, Todd's. Uh, joint and <laughs> uh, Tecmo Bowl Adventure of Link and then Legacy of the Wizard. And the Tecmo Bowl tip is the mirror image passwords, which let you play. Actually, they're only giving you here Washington versus Washington or Denver versus Denver, but you actually get to play the mirror image of the team you select, which is kind of cool. And it's funny to me that the only they only have those two teams here, though. And like I saw that and I was like, no, no, I remember as a kid, like I can, you can play all fucking teams. And yes, all there's a code for all teams uh, that you could that I looked up on the Internet. They have they're of course, out now. But it's funny to me that like they only had these two at the time is, is, is funny to me that it wasn't. Uh, I don't know that it it, it leaked out piecemeal. <laughs> right. Is, is, Somebody had some very slow code cracking right. skills and they only got two of the, right. the eventual. Yeah, like yeah, is that how they did it? They just you think that these fucking like it Dude, you know, who knows? I'm I'm pulling knowledge from movies I've saw. I have no idea. Well, yeah, I'm not suggesting you would, or either one of us would. It's, just, it's, it's funny. To, it's a funny thought experiment, you know. Uh like how how did they figure it out? Cuz we talked about like we uh, I I think it was the last uh, game pro issue where i found that letter that was like from i don't i can't remember what game it was for i think it might have been for castlevania maybe that's why i was looking at it but like, it was like a a letter from the company to nintendo that like kind of explained or no it was a sega one where they kind of explained some of the hidden tips and tricks and shit um for the game that like to like give you know oh yeah yeah uh, you remember it's like so i wonder like 
it's very odd to me that the Tecmo would have sent them a letter that only had two of the codes. So, so like, so that doesn't seem like a feasible way it was discovered. So does that mean they were just sitting there punching in random passwords until shit happened? Uh, and you know, I don't know. It's just, a, how did they, how did they figure this out? I, would love I don't know, know, man. The more, <laughs> the older I get, <laughs> the more I find out about the crazy things that people do in this world. I, I would not be surprised oh, sure. that somebody picks up a game and as, the minute they see a password screen, they're just like, okay, oh, yeah. like, let me, let me figure out what passwords, you know what I mean? There's people out there that that's like their fucking, their thing. Like that's the, their jam. That's what they get off on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, uh, the, the game FAQ's website is like, uh, I was just talking about, uh, jab, uh, this with jab the other day too. Uh, it's, he sent me, I think a final fantasy FAQ or some shit. And he's like, he's like, he sent it to me and he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, He's like this. He's like I will never. I, he's like I will go to my grave never being able to write something this. It's like he's like it's like a fucking multi-page poem. It's like a, it's like a beautifully eloquently written FAQ. You know? like, <laughs> the idea that like you don't get paid to fucking make FAQs. Like people people spend eons of their life. Like there are people on that website. I listen to this podcast, Abject Suffering. That's by the Watch Out with uh, Watch Out for Fireballs dudes, where they uh, the, the the core idea of it was originally that they play games that absolutely suck and talk about them instead of you know Watch Out for Fireballs. Their other big show is like good games, in depth reviews and analyses of good games. Whereas Abject Suffering is like these short little snippets on shitty games, and then they started doing <laughs> they started doing it where it was a, one of their Patreon things where people request game, them to play games. So not every game they play is shitty now, but. Uh, anyways, one of the things they do for that show is they talk about, they find the most interesting FAQ. So they talk about all the FAQ people, uh, like, you know, they, basically listen to that has brought to my attention that there are a lot of repeat offenders on the FAQ website, the, the game FAQ's website that have written tons of these fucking things. And you can actually, if you go to the website, you can click on the, the, the person who made it like they, you know, it's like they have a profile and you can see all the ones they've written, they've written. So Anytime you look in the FAQ, you can find out how many times this person has written another FAQ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. and there, are, there are people <laughs> who have devoted their entire lives, seemingly, to writing fucking game FAQs for free on the game FAQs website. So yeah, so like, there, there are people that are into all sorts of crazy shit that's, that waste insane amounts of time doing dumb shit. <laughs> oh, sure. For, that's, that's in this podcast, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> but, but whatever, so it's, you know, that's our stick as well. So... Um, yeah, but that's a fun one. Uh, I've never heard of Star Soldier. Have you ever heard of fucking Star Soldier? I have not. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what is this game? Right. So, yeah. yeah. No, so, no recollection at all. Yeah. I, I, I saw it and I was like, all right, what do you got? Fired it up. And it is, you know, the titles, I fired it up and the title screen says copyright 1986 Hudson Soft. And I'm like, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not have high hopes when that hit my screen. And it is, it, it is the exact old school space shmup that looks its age that I thought it would be when I saw oh, it. Oh, no. Stamp, yeah. So, yeah, it is. And then there's, there's, it had some interesting things going on with the environment. There's like, your ship would automatically fly under and over these things that looked like obstacles, you know, kind of like environmental um, hazards or what have you. Uh, so it, it kind of gave some uh, Z-axis depth to the game. Gotcha. That you, don't, you usually don't get on the space shooter so that was interesting and, and kind of unique so that you know it was notable in that regard but other than that it's kind of you know just an old space space map that didn't very uh Gal galaga galaga minded kind of deal see you know? i wasn't that committed i wasn't gonna fire it up i just looked at some images and i was like yeah nope passing 
you're smarter than I am. I'm, I'm a master. <laughs> uh, so then, as I already mentioned, Mullet Todd got his favorite game in here, the Guardian Legend. Uh, I wonder if Mullet Todd's code name is Agent 266, the supposed provider mm. of this thing. Of this lame-ass sound test code. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, there's uh, no, there's no more boring classified information fucking installment than the sound code. And I guess maybe that's a little bit of a, mm, you know, a music-minded person might think those are cool. So I shouldn't say that they're totally worthless. But uh, of all the possible things you could put into classified information, that to me is the absolute most boring thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Our imaginary Todd only got this job because his uncle worked at Nintendo. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. this was all Todd got. Like he just wanted the job to be cool and Maybe. show off to the babes. But <laughs> to the babes, to the babes. yeah, <laughs> this is all you could come up with. Uh, so we got uh, to cut him a break. To his sco- to the scuba diving babes that he hangs out. <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I actually I fired it up for a refresher, and it, it actually kind of made me sad. Uh, it is kind of a pretty good and unique space mob. So is it? Oh, okay. Fucking, <laughs> <Nice>. fucking Todd. <laughs> uh, next, we get Howard Nestor. Uh, do, unless, were there any other codes in there that you gave a fuck about? Nah, not really. We can knit on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the next thing is Howard Nestor, the comic, and uh, it's Mega Man Two style this time. Basically, the gist of it is Doctor Wily creates a, a Howard robot minion, and Nestor actually defeats him in a match of Mega Man Two tip wits. And then Howard wakes up, and it was a nightmare. And I kind of got to admit, I didn't hate this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As Howard and Nestor's go, this not was not bad. Yeah, this is not, not bad. Not terrible, not terrible. Uh, next up is video shorts. And it's, again, much shorter, like we talked about in issue seven. Only seven titles. And it is Hal Laboratory's Air Fortress, mm-hmm. uh, Taito's Sky Shark, Sofell's Casino Kid, Nexos Castle Quest, Milton Bradley, yeah, Milton Bradley's Jordan versus Bird, Mattel's Bad Street Brawler, Koei's Koei's Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and Air Fortress hit in October, so it is fair game. It looks like a space mup with an aggregate 3.5 power meter, but I fired it up anyways, and it is the most basic side-scrolling shmup ever. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> really? Oh no. <laughs> yep. Uh, I assume you didn't fuck with that one, yeah. No, but spoiler alert, it might have been in one of my nominations because I was like, oh, this <laughs> sounds good. Like the, the, the power meter kind of scared me off a bit, but all right. All right. Coming on the fly. Coming on the fly <laughs> yeah. uh, different. Next one is Sky Shark. It's also out as of September and it's also a flying shmup. Also a 3.5 on power meter and also sucks. The uh, <laughs> I did like the first stage music a little though. So uh, the music was kind of cool, but game did not fucking mean much to me casino kid was out in october and no fucking way uh <laughs> casino we've talked about this before with something else i can't remember what it was but casino gambling sim on nes you like you just got to be fucking kidding me uh it's a boring activity in real life uh with real money uh, it's a really boring activity idea to me to suggest playing it on the nes for fake money well so, i enjoy poker but for me uh on regular nintendo no, I'm, I'm good. Poker, I'm yeah, I mean, poker's. I don't know. I don't. I don't consider it. You can play poker in casinos, of course, but like I don't consider it. To me, that's. I don't know. That's that's a different thing. Uh, you can yeah. play with people. Uh, it's not like, like blackjack. Like blackjack is such a boring game to me. Uh, there's just borderline no skill to it, and you're you know you're not going to sit around with fucking friends at home and play blackjack. And I don't want to play it on Nintendo either. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, after that, they give us Castle Quest, which hit in September, and screenshots do not look promising, and the power meter is a aggregate 2.625, which is, that's the worst yeah. thing, I think. And yeah. it, it actually mentioned puzzle-solving mechanics in the blurb, which I like the sound of, but it's not my ROM libra- library, and that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> I'm not going to look up the ROM for something with a 2.625. Um, so. Yeah, no, the picture just, it just doesn't look, I don't know, it doesn't look good to me. Like, we're talking 8-bit NES, but there's the quality freaking graphics and games you can get, and this just looks so much more basic. Like, it looks like one of my Atari games. Very rudimentary. So, I agree. Yeah. Next up is Jordan vs. Bird, which is a Bradley title, and uh, I can't fucking talk about this game either. <laughs> Unless you have a <laughs> A special affinity for it. Like this is a game that absolutely blows, in my opinion. Are you? Did, is this a game you were into as a kid? Not at all. Hard past. So it was like I remember it was like a, it was fucking everywhere, and like everyone had the the Tiger Electronic handheld version too, and just that of course sucked. Also, that goes without saying. But yeah, they they shit on it too. Here it's two point five aggregate. So um, I like the premise. I like the idea of of Michael Jordan and Larry Bird in a video game together playing basketball one on one is a very compelling idea to me. <laughs> but uh, the actual gameplay itself is, is just dog shit. Um, Dude, I tried to get into it so much as a kid. Like, obviously played it a lot, wanted to like it, but there's a reason that I don't even think of this when I think of basketball games. Yep. You know, I just, it doesn't even come out of my mouth. Part, so, part of the thing is, I mean, I, you gotta, I do, you know, we can, they're shitting on it and we can too, and it's not a good game. It, it deserves that. But it, it, it is to be said that this game was years old at this point like this was a a down the line port coming out in fucking 89 or whatever yeah 89 right so you know this this game dropped in like 86 i think originally so if you look at it through that lens kind of like we just talked about that other 1986 hudson soft uh space Shmup, like you know it's it's mm. a different conversation back then and basketball games available to gamers at the time uh were much more limited so you know, True. you're able to look at it through that through that lens. Maybe it's not as bad as, as we're talking about it here, but it definitely did not hold up well. And it's kind of you know, they have these little mini games, the fucking horse and the dunk contest and shit like that too. That's kind of a fun idea, uh, yeah. outside of just a normal one on one half court basketball. But yeah, did not hold up. And last but not least is Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and it's a turn-based war strategy I'd never fucked with before. It was ported all over God's creation in the late '80s after being hit on, uh, being a hit rather on PC, but like without any nostalgia for it, which I do not have. Uh, there's just no way it could be fun, you know. <laughs> this yeah. kind of this kind of game does not port well to the NES. It's like the new Bunga's ambition kind of kind of game, which I I do own that and have some nostalgia for it and it was a great game at the time as far as strategy games go uh but you know trying to play them now even that game with nostalgia is kind of tough to swallow yeah just looking at this and that yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely pass definitely (laughs) pass pass. although i will say it was funny i was looking at music tracks and i was searching for you know songs from this game just to see what was up there and I clicked on Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2, like not seeing at the, that there was a 2 at the end. And the song I played, it was Banger. a jam, man. Yeah. Like, Zion was in here, and she was like, wow, this song is great. I was like, I know. And so I, I copied the link, and I was like, take a look at it. I was like, wait a minute. This is not the right game. This, yeah. is, this is like a Super <laughs> Nintendo version. We got we to gotta downgrade a bit. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's like it was, it was poured all over the place, so you would, you know, I'm sure... 
at its core was probably, you know, in, in the right on the right medium, probably a great game. But uh, no, yeah, no deal on the NES. Top 30 coming out, coming in hot next. And it, the top five is Adventure of Link, Mario 2, Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden. Never say it right. Legend of Zelda and Blaster Master, and that is fine. And I don't, I don't think there's a single <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, in the thirty that I would climb up on a soapbox about good or bad. It's kind of just like, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. Guardian Legend is new to the top ten. That's wow. They're new to the top thirty, and they debuted at number nine. That's pretty impressive. Fucking Todd, man. Fucking Todd. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably has his, his his fingerprints all over this magazine. <laughs> right. Uh. Yeah. Um, well, let's get on with our lives then if we don't have any contest to it. The Pack Watch bringing us uh, into the home stretch here. Shadowgate is in here, and I owned it and fucking loved it. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I downloaded the iOS remastering of it from Fears Back. Have I talked about that with you before? I don't think so. This, what is this? Yeah, it's like a, it was, it's a, one of those Mac Venture games. Uh, we've definitely talked about the NES version before. I don't know if I brought up the, the iOS version of the game. It's a few years old now, but. Uh, I somehow got wind of it not too long ago, and it's it's like a it's it's pretty cool. It's like a re. It's not it's a it's not just a, a total direct update of it. It's like there's like a slight tweaks to it that that make it uh, give it a little bit more replay val- uh, value if you you know know the game wrote uh, originally, uh, like I might. So pretty cool. But yeah, on the NES, dude, great fucking game. Like really really fun adventure, cerebral adventure game, and even even with this. You know, you're kind of looking at it like it's like it's it's something that lends itself to being played with a mouse, you know, and playing on the, right. Yeah, any any sort of transfer to the NES of a mouse-based game uh, that that works, I think, is is worth mentioning as, as an accomplishment, you know. And they definitely did that. Like with, for a second, while while we're looking at this, I didn't even dawn on me that you're using an NES controller. I'm just thinking, of course, since <laughs> it's a mouse, you're yeah. playing this on a on a PC for sure. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, really fun game though. Really cool story. Very well done. Which of course, in any game, your father to port that did well on PC, of course, probably has a good story too. So, yep, good game. And there's some more Game Boy action here uh, as well. So get hyped about Game Boy shit. And after that, we get NES Achievers, the high score deal. Uh, the a, a little, <laughs> the, uh, they got a little smidge of that anxiety-inducing artistry. Up at the top, I don't know if you clocked that. <laughs> right, <laughs> about it. the about long knows, but yeah, I don't, I don't get that from him. He's kind of uh, he's know, less he's creepy. I, he, he's <laughs> less creepy. Um, I don't know why, because it is very distinctly that artist type or, or that uh, artist style, rather art style, illustration style, whatever the fuck the term would be. Uh, but yeah, something it, it just gen- just knowing what it represents makes me uneasy, though. Uh, <laughs> The the uh, they do have some there's some a little bit of Ohio representing in here. We have a Geneva and Toledo rep scores nice. on on in Blaster Master, and then Deborah Martovitz of SeaTown on the North Coast fell just nine points shy of maxing out her score at nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine in Wizards and Warriors, and that's brutal. That must be brutal. <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to, to come that close to maxing out must have been hard. I looked her up on Facebook like a fucking creep, and it appears she's uh, living in Parma Heights and working at General Motors. <laughs> oh, man. So Are you still to, playing? That's the question. Yeah, way to represent Northeast Ohio, Deborah, if you ever hear this. Um, I hope I hope General Motors is going well. And uh, uh, they, they also a couple of xenophobe 999,990s from Ohio, which appears to actually be the max score in that case. So uh, less unfortunate as as Deborah's score in Wizards and Warriors. But Sandusky 
home of America's roller coaster, Cedar Point. Uh, <laughs> this is where one of them comes from. And then Wasion. So this episode's Ohio geography lesson. <laughs> what uh, do you know where the fuck Wasion, Ohio is, Jay? Wasion. I've. It sounds familiar, but I could not tell you. I would guess somewhere to the north of Columbus. So okay, so you're giving me half the state to play with. I'm giving you half. I'm giving <laughs> you like I'm giving you like straight up north corridor, like not west towards the not east. Like I'm talking north straight up north of Columbus. Uh, well, you were right in the first half of your of your guess. Uh, ah. It is. It's 31 miles west of Toledo, just off I-90, and you can't. You you really can't get much closer to the Michigan Indiana tri-state corner of Ohio. So. The population of Wazian is just over 7,000. The most notable attraction of those listed in the Wazian wiki, <laughs> by my measure, is the AMCA National Motorcycle Meet, which is one of the largest antique motorcycle swap meets and judging events in the United States. So if you like motorcycles, check that out. I don't. Fuck motorcycles. Can't stand them. <laughs> and I can't believe they're legally allowed to weave through traffic and not abide by lane-based traffic laws in the state of California. It's the thing that maybe pisses me off most about this state. They can just do whatever the fuck they want, and it pisses me off, and it makes it dangerous for them and me. And I hate it. <laughs> Side note. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I got to say about motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hard pass on those. I just... I'm going to try to avoid dying at this point in my life. Yeah, it's another thing to go out to. It's like such a stupid, unnecessary risk to me. There's a, a guy I work with quite a bit on these asylum flicks. Uh, he got in a, like a, a light motorcycle accident while we were shooting uh, one earlier this year. And I was like, Nick, like fucking what? Why? Why do you have that? Like, it's stupid. Like, it's a stupid, dangerous activity. You get rid of that car or get rid of that thing and buy a fucking car. And, like, he actually listened to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that was, like, the sole reason it happened. Uh, but he he sold it and got a, got a car not long after that. I'm sure the accident had more to do with it than my recommendation. But. <laughs> Probably a tad. Uh, Stupid-ass thing to do with your life. Get motorcycles. Um, anyways, NES Journal comes after that. And we get some uh, more of the anxiety artwork up top of there. So he's fucking just running rampant. And this one is very unsettling. <laughs> like, that guy is very creepy hanging on the top of that fucking car. <laughs> dangerous activities, he looks He looks like, like, why is he an old guy, though? Like, we're still talking about a kid's magazine. This dude, he's definitely got hair on the side, like five strands on the top. Right, right. He, he looks like your angry grandpa. Like, right, sticking out the top of your car. Oh, man, that's your grandpa. That's bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, man. So they, the first thing they give you is a preview of the Captain N cartoon show. And I didn't watch it, which kind of shocks me a little, considering it was Nintendo-focused. But uh, I was thinking I maybe didn't have access to it. Maybe it was the reason why, that it was a cable show, and I didn't have cable as a kid. Uh, but I was wrong. It's Or I am wrong, or whatever. It's an uh, NBC Saturday morning cartoon. So... I don't know how the fuck I got through my childhood not really being aware of or watching it. Did you watch this shit? Dude, I've definitely seen this before. This immediately, oh, man. I cannot say that I watch it on a regular basis. That's definitely not true. But this immediately, like, triggers my memory. Like, I've seen yeah. it before. I, I, like, literally. I mean, I know of it just from 
fucking consuming too much retro gaming shit, so it's not like I, I was unaware that it existed, but I definitely had never watched it before. I watched the intro, and it looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, I, rem- I remember hating Mother Brain and thinking Princess Lana was hot. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Both fair things. Uh, <laughs> even, uh, even trying to absorb it from a child's perspective, uh, I thought the intro was bad, so I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't watch it because it wasn't fucking. I didn't. Maybe I also. Maybe I did catch it as a kid, and it was so. I, I disliked it so much that I just blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> uh, the the celebrity profile they give us here uh, is Brian Robbins, and he is uh, at the time of the head uh, of head of the class TV show fame. Um, one of the one of the kids that are in the classroom on that show, and he's got a vicious '80s hairdo going on. Oh man, I like. <laughs> yeah. How could you not like? How can you not talk about anything else immediately? That yeah. is eighties serious rocker hair. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's technically a mullet, but it's got so much more going on. Like it's it, it's like uh, it almost looks photoshopped in that it looks like two completely separate hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> like if, like if you photoshopped out the locks hanging there behind. Oh yeah, you totally. Like put put your fingers over those and just look. At <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. That's <laughs> awesome. yeah, me too. Like I'm doing it as well. And like you did that. That's really normal hairstyle that can live on uh stand <laughs> I mean uh so it's yeah like two completely separate hairstyles which is hysterical to me. Uh, oh man that's great. But so yeah so he's on head of the class which is a big fucking deal show at the time and they uh he's also the host of the game show version of Pictionary at this time. So he's got fucking two network shows that he is a major player in and he's also a guest VJ VJ on MTV. Like he's a fucking busy ass dude and I've never heard his name in my life. Like I don't know I've never I don't know who he is. Uh so I'm like this dude was clearly working but yeah I don't know this guy either. Off his favorite his favorite game is Punch-Out so he's all right in my book and uh he had even at this time he had written one episode of Head of the Class at this point, which was foreshadowing to what his true calling was, directing and producing. So even despite all that acting success, he actually ended up getting more into the behind the camera shit, and he directed Varsity Fucking Blues. Uh, what? It, it, he also directed Eddie Murphy, the Eddie Eddie Murphy vehicle Norbit. He, uh, he is like a, a really impressive uh, directing and producing resume in, in the studio level. So. Much respect. Nice. Yeah, dude did work. And after that, we get a little a blurb on the summer CES. Uh, I get a page of that. Mostly Game Boy Talk, as you might imagine. And then we move on to the next issue teases. And that's for Wizards and Warriors 2, Iron Sword, and Robocop. And there's some more Dragon Warrior, the first plot tip book. And then uh, a, a Diddy on Shadowgate that they're, they're teasing here as well. And Howie's Letter comes after that and that's all game boy action as again you, you can fucking might expect given what this issue was about basically <laughs> and then right. the last stuff is the players poll which is giving away robocop related shit which is pretty fun the grand prize is getting to visit the robocop 2 movie set and actually meeting robocop in person and getting to watch some stunts which was probably, probably very cool as a child uh, uh yeah i want to go do that stuff like robocop looked freaking cool for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that meant what it really meant was meeting Peter Weller, the actor that played RoboCop and, and wanted to. But um, and actually, like, so so second prize is RoboCop arcade machines, which would have been. I already mentioned how I fucking love that arcade game. <laughs> right. Uh, that would have been absolutely amazing to have that show up at your house. Uh, probably would have pissed your parents off a great deal. But <laughs> <laughs> now, where are we supposed to put this, son? Like, right, come exactly. on. Now. Very cool, nonetheless. And the third was autographed copies of RoboCop. NES game packs, which, yeah, was probably Peter Weller signing them, so that's cool. That's Nintendo Power 8 in the books. 
So that was the 1943 Mission 1 theme brought to you by my sweet password creation skills. <laughs> not a bad one. Not a bad one. Do you even want to talk about it? For, for uh, Or should we just sit for our guns and play DuckTales? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we got to be men of our word. We said we were going to do it. I mean, it's here. And fun fact, when I was putting the music together this time, like I was looking for a couple strong tracks because I, I almost considered making every track from DuckTales. So, I mean, I think <laughs> mentally I already knew what was going to happen. That, that would have been a serious power move, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Not one I would have contested, but it would have been a power move. <laughs> what, well, just for, the, just for the sake of discussion, what, what were the other Air Fortress and what else? <laughs> I was going to go Fester's Quest. Fester's Quest, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because I figured there was some, now that we're adults and the internet is way more pervasive with information, I could actually look up strategies and <laughs> get past parts sure. I may have been stuck on as a kid. So I'll still have to play through it eventually, but yeah, I think DuckTales has got to be where it's at. I would not, I would, I would not advocate for Fester's Quest. I think <laughs> it's funny too, because like, it's, it's like, and here's how, here's how I know or here's why I think we shouldn't play Fester's Quest is because if we were to play that game, I have the cart. I, I, I own the cart. I would not play that on the NES, like my system, mm. because no way would I play that game without safe states. No way. <laughs> you know, and that's just Got like it. an inclination to me that mm, not a good thing, you know. Uh, but you know, then you know, that may, you know, Teenage Mutant Turtles, same thing. If we ever get around to playing that, like I, I would not even think about doing that on my system. I would play that on an emulator second safe state otherwise i'd never get through it you know, so and that's exactly why i would play that T teenage mutant ninja turtles because i can do it with safe <laughs> so i'm like oh this is gonna be so much better yeah, yeah i would love to i don't know so much better but it would certainly at least be more feasible <laughs> i would still be equally as frustrated i actually just tried i fired it up on the system i was playing that the other day just you know trying to fucking kill time and fuck with games that i've bothered to pay for and like fucking got absolutely destroyed in that uh, underwater level oh classic so frustrating trying to get through some of those some of the fucking like really constrained electrical fucking seaweed or whatever the fuck that shit is like some of those sequences was awful said everyone who has ever played right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay my my the other two i would have done uh, i had tech mobile and ninja guide in here so um okay yeah both tech titles in the solid Tecmo, i definitely want like tech mobile is one i I don't know if we should wait for Super Because like, doing both Tecmo Bowl and Super Tecmo Bowl is probably a little redundant uh, yeah. as far as games go. So maybe we should just hold off. But uh, I do absolutely want to play one of those football games and talk about them because um, we should have like a I, like I want to do like a serious co-op uh, or not co-op, but head to head uh, fucking jam session with a with with one of those two, you know, between us. Nice. Be fun. Let's let's definitely wait until Super and I'm going to get some practice in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming in cold to that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Practice time for yourself is good. Uh, there's the Tecmo, Super Tecmo Bowl, because there, there's actually, I think I might have mentioned this before, the Tecmo Bowl has, there's, you can cheat in Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl has a few pass um, uh, receiver route things that are you can't stop in Tecmo Bowl. Mm. Playing head-to-head -head can be frustrating if, if a person, you, you have to outlaw those to play those without 
fucking getting pissed off. <laughs> like I play my buddy Dave in that all the time, and he I think it's Minnesota maybe has a crossing route from their tight end that you just every time you cannot stop it. Even if you like go, you can you know he does the fucking play enough times you like you know where you can just take your guy and stand there <laughs> like in the exact spot. Can't. Oh so, man, pick it off because it's a moving route. You know what I mean? It's a moving pattern. Yeah, uh, the player never stops and waits for the ball, so you can't you can't sync up to him. Anyways, uh, all right, let's fucking play Ducktales. I'm I'm down for it. Let's do it. So that's what we'll be doing next, and after that, the next issue will be Game Pro issue number three, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever the fuck you listen to shit, and please rate and review on whatever pod uh, platform that might be. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com if you want to talk shit or whatever, and you can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and the subreddit and talk to shit to us about our ga- gameplay videos on the YouTube channel. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, you can find me, Gentleman JB, without the second Lee, on YouTube, Facebook. It's all there. Josh? And, yeah, my Twitter is at Josh Fulham. My Instagram is at MyShiftKeyIsBroke. And okay, bye. Bye.